Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening. I want to join, um, I want to bring in my first guest. Of course, always good to have him on. He is a community activist, a motivational speaker, a media personality in Flint, Michigan, fighting for truth and justice for the poor and certainly for those in Flint dealing with the water crisis. He is Dr. Lee Bell. And, Doc, it's always good to have you make a house call, sir. What's up, dog? (laughs) That George Clinton stuff in your life. You know, we start off like that. Um, Dr. Bell, it's been a year or so with we've seen devastation and so many lives and so many situations, both economically and in families with COVID-19. I've often said uh, it hit earlier in this country because I feel like I had it back in, uh, you know, 19. Um, I mean, uh, actually as late as 18, um, the, the, in 2018. Um, But officially, you know, a year. And we've talked about this before, but I wanted to go over some, some facts that show at least four or five of them that show how COVID-19 has disproportionately affected black Americans and, and how we were in March, 2020 compares to where we are now. Now we're in April, but before I get into some of those, uh, talk about when you found out and when you thought or when you knew how serious COVID-19 was, especially in a place like Flint, Michigan, as I mentioned before you came on, uh, where you're already dealing with the poison um, of water in Flint, Michigan. Without a doubt, L.A., I pretty much learned of the pandemic when it was announced by the World Health Organization, who we have seen, I'll say, drippings of cases of COVID as early as late 2019. People did not know what they had. It had not been pronounced officially in this country yet. And the more I talked to people, the more people said they had the virus prior to this time last year. And we know with the administration that was in place, there was a lot of dark spaces when it comes to this pandemic. So the pandemic was not new to us in March of last year. It gained ground, greater ground, a year ago from this uh, date. And it's been very devastating on Flint, a majority black city. Our immune systems had already been compromised. Not only were we poisoned by the lead water, 
but there were a lot of other chemicals in the water as well that have not been talked about so much. On record, the officials say there were 11 deaths contributed to Legionnaire's disease. Unofficially, that number is close to 100. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention about a month and a half ago released information that one of the hospitals here, McLaren Health Systems, they've been responsible for Legionnaire's disease in this community for the last 10 years. You add the poverty to that. You add emergency manager situations. You see the government overreaching its steps. So this community was already on its knees before the pandemic hit. And it's a solid blow to this community. Just the other day, I was listening to Mayor Weaver's radio show, and she had a firefighter slash funeral director as her guest, Mr. Sheldon T. Banks. And Mr. Banks stated that more than one occasion in the last year, as a matter of fact, several occasions, he has gotten calls from local hospitals to come get dead bodies more than 18 times per day. And if you look at the news media, they are not reporting stories or numbers like that. They're kicking our dead people to the side, ruling them as deceased due to something else when in fact it's COVID and COVID-related. Last year when the government came out and talked about COVID in terms of black people, brown people, they talked about underlying health conditions. In my book, there are no such things. Diabetes, high blood pressure, asthma, cancer, and I can go on and on, those are overwhelming health conditions. You can take any one of those, and they can and will kill you by themselves. They get exacerbated by the virus. If we can throw so much money at this virus, something that we hope will be temporary, why can't we put the money to the diseases that are killing our communities every day? And you know, Doc, mention, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Not to mention the depressive state. The water crisis is seven years old. And now we're going into our second year officially of the COVID. These are two life-changing events back-to-back in addition to racism and all of the other maladies we have to suffer with. And the isms. You know, Doc, I want to 
give you one fact, give the, the audience one fact. If you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to the Bachelor News radio show on the Bachelor News Radio Network and uh, a WCOM in Chapel Hill. Um, back in April of last year, Doc, in a study of COVID-19 deaths that studied the data of 23 states at the time uh, and D.C., um, black people dying of COVID-19 averaged 31.37% of the population. Um, right now, as of the time of this, these uh, stats, it's a little, a few weeks off, um, deaths among black people compromise 15% of all COVID fatalities. And I, I, I would imagine that's even higher. So to your point, uh, we see that COVID has hit us hard in our families. And for me, it starts with the healthcare or lack thereof, because everything, you know how you say isms, you can put isms, racism, sex, all them things with healthcare with this, um, or the lack of healthcare, the lack of good healthcare, um, it, it affects us in every way. We, we, you talked about the cancer and the diabetes, all those things we already have. Um, if we can't afford to put, say, uh, our, uh, if we have our loved ones and, and group homes or in those type of homes and we can't afford, uh, to take them out or we couldn't even put them in, it's, it's an effect there. Uh, the fact that when you look at, um, just being able to go to the hospital to be able to get the checks. I mean, everything all starts with the fact that disproportionately in black and brown communities, uh, we don't have good health care. We don't have access to health care at all in some cases. And it's, it's, to the, it's, it's even to the point, like you said, after COVID goes away, thank God, that it'll still be there. Those type of things will still be there when you have the situation where um, if if we don't have the health care to get ourselves right after, it's almost like a, a, a hurricane hits and we're just sitting there with no, no one to help us. This is like this super life hu- hurricane that's hitting and and we're left trying to pick up the pieces and going about our business. And, and oh, by the way, we're used to it anyway. Well, L.A., let's take a couple steps back. You mentioned the lack of health care possibly. One of the reasons we believe that COVID hit the black and brown community so hard, we were one of the first populations to suffer from it but we were going to the hospital and being turned away. Mm. Our Michigan legislators went to the hospital. They were turned away, told go home. Our former mayor, Dr. Karen Weaver, was in New York last year this time when New York was surging. She came back home. She started getting ill. She thought she was having a heart attack. She went to the emergency room, and they turned her away, told her to go home. And let me add this piece. Her dad was a pediatrician here in Flint many years ago. 
he was the first black member of the Flint School Board. He went down south to a medical convention. I believe the year was 1971. He went to a hospital. It was a hospital deemed a white hospital. They sent him to the black hospital, and he died. Hmm. So Mm -hmm. us being turned away from medical care is nothing new. And as the late bass bass singer for The Temptation says, and the band played on. Yep. Because unfortunately, Doc, we're used to these conditions. Like, welcome to the party, America. I mean, you know, we're already dealing with the lack of health care and uh, the lack of jobs. Another uh, stat, which, uh, again, some of these numbers I – um, I look at and 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 certainly by at the time of the, they came out they they grew but uh, back in the spring last year unemployment rate uh, of Black Americans stood at about 17 percent compared to about 12 percent and I think it's probably lower uh, for whites now Black unemployment even though you know they say the numbers have skewed down uh, since the spring of last year. Um, is still nearly twice that of whites at about 11% to about 5%. That's added on to the 17, Doc. So again, when I was going to say, when you look at the unemployment numbers and everybody's just scrambling and everything, uh, again, we were already hit upside the head. And then COVID comes and they take away the jobs, which a lot of the jobs that we were working. And oh, by the way, the jobs that we were working were minimum wage. Well, L.A., let's not forget that once you stop looking for work, you're no longer counted in those numbers. That's right. So to your point, our unemployment numbers are much higher. And I think, well, let me let me backtrack with with the jobs bill and the infrastructure. Something I'll be talking with another guest with, but uh, to you, to you, to you, Doc, um, how does this look for you? For not only black people that President Biden is trying to put forth to try to boost the economy and put people back to work and you know, fight the COVID and all this at at the same time. But how does this look for black businesses? We know the Klansman that was in office before him, you know, didn't try to help any black businesses or HBCUs or anybody like that. Um, Now we have this guy that's trying to do something. How, how effective do you think in turn, not just regular jobs only, but black businesses, will this boost our economy. Well, L.A., the first thing we must do is resolve amongst our constituents and people we have favor with is to make sure there's a social equity piece to this infrastructure project. All over Flint, whether it's the roads, new housing construction or new business construction, we very seldom see a black person on the construction crew. 
So first thing, we have to make sure that our communities are being served equitable in this infrastructure movement that we're embarking on. I'm talking about guaranteed jobs for black people and brown people, not the brown people who are brown because they've been out there under the sun working the jobs. I'm talking about the true brown people. Right. If we can achieve equity, I believe that this bill could really help the country. We know yeah, the black But black God, the other concern I have, too, though, is not only the jobs, but making sure the bids are not only we're involved with the bids for the jobs and the bids are fair. It's not this old boy net network where they put a little fluff fluff out there and then, then they go with their, their white counterpart for that road construction job or whatever, building whatever type of job. And the other part of that too, job, uh, Doc, is my concern, is with predatory lending. Because if you get into loans and you get into the, some of these banks, you know how it works. You know how they, they, they do us. It, you know, they, they, the interest rates and everything else in terms of returning to, to getting that money back to those banks, even if, you know, because some of this obviously is federal money that he's putting forth, but some of that's going to trickle down. He obviously has to have these banks involved. And if they're getting loans, we have to be very concerned or have some kind of watchdog to make sure that this is not some type of uh, situation where banks are uh, getting richer off the backs of black businesses, black-owned businesses that are uh, boosting their own economy and boosting their own neighborhoods. Without a doubt, L.A., and I think right now we have a friend in Congress and that's Representative Maxine Waters, chair of the Financial Services Committee. But you're right. We have to have two eyes on the mechanics of how these dollars will roll out. The Small Business Administration, they do not have the best record when it comes to servicing our community. It's almost like we're going to need another Magic Johnson to step up to the plate to ensure or manage monies that could come to our communities to help our businesses grow. Because otherwise, it will be just the good old boy network. And just to put a, a, a wrap on that part of it, in the spring of last year, there were significantly more black people unemployed, no surprise, at around 7 million people nation, right? As the economy started to rebound, they said the effects may boost some black job growth. However, the number of blacks unemployed during COVID is even higher than it was during the Great Recession, folks. <laughs> it's greater than the Great Recession, which saw about 6.2 million, 6.22 million black people unemployed. Um, and, 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 Doc, it's not just the, the watchdog, like you said, to have the, the eyes really in the front of our, ourselves and in the back of our head um, for the business loans, but making sure that 
you know, these numbers are true because like you said, there's some people that get frustrated. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not looking for work. I'm just not going to do it. Um, and then they fall by the wayside, not to mention to your point, you, you're um, one of the champions of uh, the poor people's campaign. I know we have a, a North Carolina chapter here. that I, I stay connected with, um, you know, homeless and poor, because again, and I say this on this show all the damn time, and people need to listen. You understand it. it. All these politicians always talk about the upper class and the middle class. They never talk about the poor. We already established on a previous show that uh, if you're making $12,500, folks, in this country, you're not considered poor. Twelve five. It, I mean, who who lives off twelve five? So, Doc, that's the other part of it. People who do have jobs, I know people that have have jobs enough to pay their bills, and they got to go to the soup kitchen to eat because they don't have enough money for food. And by the way, Doc, they make too much money for food stamps, twelve five, and they can't get food stamps. So now they're working to pay all their bills, and they broke, and then they got to go to the soup kitchen, which puts uh, more pressure on the soup kitchen just to pr- provide. So it's this domino effect. That's another pandemic in and of itself, food insecurities. You're so right. And we see now the many faces of the food line. I mean, there are people who were once well-to-do who are in the food lines now competing with those who have always been in the food lines. So the question is, how long can we keep this up? I want to read this to you, that whites are 2.2 times more likely to have been vaccinated. That number, I'm sure, has grown since this this uh, fact uh, data. In a survey that gathered the data, from state health departments all across the country, whites were getting the vaccine uh, vaccine at a percentage more than twice that of black Americans at an average rate of 2.5 of the population compared to only 1%, a little more than 1% of black Americans in the same areas. This appears to me, Doc, to be a product of both racial discrimination and some people say, I don't know if it's still true now, in some cases, the hesitancy on the part of some black Americans to take the vaccine. And, and to, to that point, I know people that said, hey, I know a person I can think of right now that say, listen, my brother got the shot twice and he still got sick. But it is a vaccine. You can get the flu shot and still get sick, what people don't understand. But but that's a side thing. But I mean, I can understand black folks being a little hesitant to get the vaccine. And, and you know, you can go as far as back as the Tuskegee uh, experiment and even further back, I'm sure, you do the research. But talk about that, um, uh, Doc, about how, um, you know, the Henrietta Lack story as well, um, that, you know, whites, surprise, surprise, are getting the vaccine faster with, power and resources and social status more than blacks and then some hesitance amongst black people in in our communities because some some black people are like you know i ran into some people that said listen you know why are you wearing a mask 
So if you don't think you need to wear a mask, then I guess you don't think you need to get vaccinated. Well, that's a head scratcher all the way around because I think there are just as many black and brown people that want the vaccine that do not. There is a narrative out there that's being pimped about our reluctance to get the shot. Here in Flint, and I can speak to Flint very well, we have white folks coming from the other side of Detroit, 65-plus miles, coming to our pharmacy in Flint to get the vaccine, and you have to be registered. At, at a lot of our black churches, they're full of white folks getting a vaccine. Mm. There are abandoned school buildings where people are setting up vaccine drive throughs white folks. The problem we're having with the black folks that want the vaccine, they can't find it. They can't get it. They can't get registered. They're not online. Yeah, and and it's it's no surprise that that if if white folks come into the cities to work the jobs and go home to their you know towers in the suburbs, then there's no surprise they're doing this in terms of uh, trying to grab up all the vaccination uh, as they can. Doc, before you go, if you could give the information on um, the people's poor poor people's campaign and how people can get involved with that, sir. Okay, thank you, L.A. It's the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival. You can check us out by looking up poorpeoplescampaign.org. You can sign up right on that page. You can also be connected to your own local organizing chapter. Uh, Check out our Moral Mondays every Monday at 3 p.m. Go to the website, poorpeoplescampaign.org. You can live stream with us. We're doing a lot of great things around the country. And check out our 14 policy priorities as we move toward the middle of 2021. Well, we'll continue to fight, Doc, and I know you will. Uh, God bless you, man. I love you, man. I'll talk with you next week, sir. God bless L.A. and thanks. All right. He is the motivational speaker, media personality, and community activist in Flint, Michigan, already dealing with Flint water genocide, I call it, and then, of course, COVID hits and makes it even worse for those there and and abroad. Uh, You're listening to the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network and WCOM in Chapel Hill. Stay tuned. promote my new flower shop. I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. 
Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now with Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 62318. to the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network at WCOM and in Chapel Hill. If you missed any part of our broadcast, we re-air the broadcast at our website, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com. Bachelor with a T. Follow us on Facebook, Pad Nation, uh, Pad Nation 2. Uh, back to the phones we go quickly. He is, uh, a, uh, of course, syndicated talk show host. He's a best-selling author. And uh, another doctor making the house call. It's been a minute. He is Dr. Wilbur J. Leon. And, Doc, it's always a pleasure, sir. I hope all is well with you and the fam. Everything on this end is going quite well. Uh, L.A., I hope the same for you and yours. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I want to just kind of – I know you were short on time. So I, I was talking about COVID-19 then and now. March to March, Mm -hmm. of course, obviously we're in April. We're going through some of the things. Um, One of the things uh, that was on this fact sheet that I I have, it said that even though many American children have missed classes due to the pandemic, black children are 25% more likely to miss school than their white counterparts. Of course, we've seen over the year this uh, taking place. How much does the lack of resources or the sort of looking in these inner cities, uh, we just had someone in Flint, Michigan, Detroit, the, you know, all these different areas, Baltimore, where the resources are already slim and none anyway, and then COVID hits. How devastated do you think it has been and it will be long term for these kids? I think it's incredibly devastating. I don't have the data in front of me, but I can I can say that every day of school missed is is a day lost. And and particularly when it doesn't really seem to be that we have the uh the ability on the back end to fill the void. So for example, over the summer, uh you know, there should be churches uh, opening opening their their uh their halls so that kids can come in and that kids can be caught up can can get caught up on what they missed I, but i i don't hear a lot of that happening and i'm not saying it's not what i'm saying is that i'm not hearing it so that the kids can go into september not only caught up but ahead and it, I get a little frustrated when I hear that the problem is the lack of resources and too many in our community, and listen to me now because I'm not casting aspersions on everybody, but too many in our community are throwing up their hands in defeat as though we mm. haven't dealt with lack of resources before. 
Right. As you know, you know, there's somehow, somehow in the 1800s, we were educating black people. Somehow in the midst of Jim Crow, we were educating black people. There, you know, there were there were black students graduating from high schools and going to Howard, going to Hampton, going to Tuskegee and Fisk with uh, secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand books. So, again, I understand the lack of resources, but what I don't understand is how we seem to have forgotten our history that we've always been able to find a way or make one. And that now our kids are languishing, and it's and it's as though we don't know what to do. Right, and and to your point, I mean, we like you, we we've talked about this on the show before. You know, welcome to the party. I mean, we we're used to having one arm behind our back and still trying <laughs> to do what we need to do um, in those situations. I, I guess no, the no, concern. Me, I, can, can I make? Can I make one more point sure. there? One more point. Sure. Uh, my sure. son is my son is a fresh is a freshman at Hampton, and when he found out that Hampton was not going to be bringing kids on the yard, uh, I told him, "Hey, man, I, that's I, that's really unfortunate, and I, I understand it. You know, I, as a Hamptonian, I wanted him to have the same experience as a freshman that I had. I told him, "Man, you got two days to mope. Two days. That's all I'm giving you." And then you got work to do. We're right. gonna figure this out. We're gonna figure this out. So you can walk around with your lips with your, with your lips stuck out for two days, disappointed that you're not going that you're not going away. And then you got work to do, and I'm not gonna tolerate anything after that. And right, he handled it, handling his business. Yep, failure is not an option. It's not a reason no. why not to work. I tell no. my kids the same thing. No. It, you you got to conform or perish. Those are your options. That's right. Um, I the I guess the other concern that some parents have is uh, remote schooling. Obviously, when everything hit, um, it was like mandatory, and now you see you know districts across the country going back and you know doing hybrid type stuff. Um, but a lot of the teachers, um, you know weren't prepared to teach that way. But my, Mm -hmm. my feeling though, to your point is that, okay, you got to make an adjustment. You are still teaching. And if you're, you know, you're tech savvy anyway, the zoom and all that kind of stuff shouldn't be that hard. Anyway, you got to get it done. Regardless, what do you say to parents to say, well, you know, uh, the, the teachers are strapped because they're not prepared. They weren't prepared for this, but nobody was. Well, yeah. Well, that's why it's called a pandemic, because no nobody was prepared for it. it see, one of the things that that that, that and, and I could be as wrong as the day is long. I may be the 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 the, the dumbest guy in the room for not really <laughs> grasping this, and I, and I mean that with all seriousness. Again, I I understand the challenge. What I don't understand is our inability to meet the challenge. That's what I don't get. Because that's what we do is meet the challenge. We find a way or make one. So I understand that you'd rather be in the classroom. 
I understand that the kids aren't used to distance learning. I got all that. And 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 I am I am not talking about those who have disabilities where that is a greater challenge than it is for those without disabilities. I got that. But there seems to be an awful lot of hand-wringing. There seems to be an awful lot of pouting. There seems to be an awful lot of, of lack of discipline. And uh, get it done. I mean, that's, that, that's, all, that's all my parents ever said to me. Son, you got to get this done. That's right. Get it done. Well, Dad, I can't. I have a, I have a, okay, I hear you. I feel you. Okay, now go get it done, and come back and complain after you're finished. When I when I look at all these folks out in restaurants and listen to all this stuff about COVID fatigue, what? What? You rather put your life or the life of your neighbor at risk and go to a restaurant or go down to Miami Beach and party than do the sensible, disciplined adult thing. I don't get it. Yeah. And that's that. And, and, and be honest, as you know, white folks don't have a. Monopoly on that. I was just talking about, no. you know, some people, some black people like you. Why are you wearing a mask? Like what? What? <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, felony. Stupid. <laughs> really? That's, that's, that's just stupid. I'm not going to wear a mask. Uh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Uh, wow. Yeah. <sighs> Boy, yeah. I got my shot. That's all, all I know. Exactly. Right. Um, I want to switch quickly. I know we run out of time. If you're Mm -hmm. just joining us, we're talking with Dr. Wilmer J. Leon, a third syndicated uh, talk show host and um, best-selling author, of course, here on the Bachelor News radio show. Doc, this this infrastructure jobs bill, Mm -hmm. what do you think of it? And and how realistic is it? I know Joe Manchin, who is yeah, just be a Republican. Just just stop. Just stop <laughs> Joe Manchin. Just just be Joe Manchin. Just come out and say I'm a Republican. If you know who he, Joe Manchin is, folks, you understand. If you don't look him up, he's a Democrat out of West Virginia. But anyway, um, how realistic is it? And you know, what do you think of it in terms of uh, looking at the bill? Well, it's not big enough. It's 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 first thing. It's not big enough. Uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is correct. It, it's not big enough. I don't know if 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 ten trillion is the answer, but as, as she, I don't know if that was hyperbole on her part or whether she was serious. But it's not. It's not. It's, first of all, it's not big enough. Second of all, you have to you have to really peel back the onion in order to figure out how much of that money is actually going to make its way into the economy. That's right. another question that, that, that has to be asked. I personally think that it's not uh, front-end loaded enough. He is spreading it out over eight years, and I understand that logic, but I think that right now that the economy is not, is not coming back to the degree that they claim it is, and that 
uh, it needs to have more front-loaded money within the next two to three years and less money in year seven and eight. Also, to the point of the economy coming back, people have to understand that when the government tells you about the number of jobs that has been created, that does not equate one-to-one to people actually going to work. Those are two different things. So last week, the job number, the, the numbers came out, and they talked about, I think it was 800,000 jobs that were created. That doesn't mean that 800,000 people went back to work. Those two things are not the same. That's why you had, they said, what, 800,000 jobs created and a million people filed for unemployment. Right. So, so you got to really pay attention to the numbers, but back to the question about the, about the jobs bill, I, I think it's a great idea. Infrastructure is definitely what is needed. Uh, I think they're making a mistake in trying to expand the definition of infrastructure because they've given the Republicans a talking point that really wasn't necessary. Just as you're doing this infrastructure bill, you can do a parallel social infrastructure bill. And I, under, I understand why they're doing it. They're, they're, trying to, they're trying to force the Republicans' hand, and they're trying to put enough, a number of things in the bill under the, under the pretext of infrastructure that they probably feel they would get a whole lot of pushback if they cut them out separately. But I don't hear enough of uh, the Democrats pushing back with the argument about the tax cuts that, that the Republicans voted for and passed under Donald Trump. Mitch McConnell, if you can pass the, the $3 trillion worth of tax cuts that you passed during the Trump administration that did absolutely nothing to stimulate the economy, then please explain to the American people why you are so opposed to this. Why, why is it that all of a sudden when working class people are actually in a position to get a break, now all of a sudden the Republicans have a problem with the debt and the deficit and the size of the package? But when Wall Street was getting bailed out, it was all good in the neighborhood. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. But as always, the Democrats al- allow Republicans to shape the narrative. They they always that do. they do, and and I'm not saying that that point is not being made. What I'm saying is that that point isn't being made enough. And Mitch McConnell is all you have to do is mention his name and use his own words. All you have to do is mention Lindsey Graham and use his own words. Or, uh, Ted, I got to go to Mexico Cruz. Use his own words and ask them to explain why what they said then all of a sudden doesn't apply now. That's what I would do. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, to that point in terms of the jobs and infrastructure, um, the concern a lot of people have is with the, 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 what this administration is trying to do, how much will that trickle down to black right. communities, in particular black businesses, um, and, and the concern of you know, loans given out in certain cases and, 
and and it being predatory in some cases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those are and those are incredibly valid concerns. And that was uh, that was part of what I meant when I said how much money, how much of that money is actually going to make its way into the economy. How much of that money is going to make its way into the black community, into the hands and bank accounts of black business, black business people. Uh, that is that is a definite concern. And I don't hear enough from the Congressional Black Caucus uh, to that point. Doc, two quick things as it relates to um, the Biden administration and, and voting. Um, quickly, with what's going on with the voting uh, suppression, if you will, in, in Georgia, mm-hmm. do you th- – I, I don't – think boycotts always work, but we've seen what MLB is doing, baseball and some other organizations and and people pulling out uh, based on the fact that they disagree. Obviously, businesses, you know, uh, it looks good right now in this climate to do so. Um, But do you think that boycotts will make a difference or do you think it's more of the Stacey Abrams type of drive to change that? I don't see why the two have to be mutually exclusive. And this is where, for as much as I respect uh, Stacey Abrams, this is one point where I disagree with her, where she says that she, she doesn't think that right now is the time to boycott. And she says particularly because of the impact, the negative impact that that can have on uh, black businesses and black families. Well, not being able to vote uh, has an impact as well. So I'm, I'm a huge proponent of boycotts, but I think that they need to be surgical. I think they need to be targeted. So boycott Delta Airlines, okay? Uh, boycott TNT. Boycott ESPN, because I think they all come out of Atlanta. Um, you know, boycott, be very specific and clear in terms of, of who you're, who you're boy, boycott Coca-Cola. Drink rum and Pepsi. You don't have to drink rum and Coke. Drink rum and Pepsi. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, just drink a better grade of rum. Um, so, so, you know, you can, you can, you can do that. Uh, I don't see why the two can't peacefully coexist. Why, why it seems that it has to be binary. You can't do one without the other. I applaud MLB. They got out on the front end of this, and and God bless them for doing it. They got out on the front end as they needed to, and and I have nothing but applause for Major League Baseball. Real quick, final question, Doug. I know Trump, when he was in office, and I can't believe I actually said his name on these airways, but, um, you know, he successfully, thanks to uh, Chuck's uh, 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 the the majority leader now allowed so many Schumer. Thank you. Allowed so many judges to go through um, just, just making all these deals and allowing the the Trump administration to pass them. What do you think the Biden administration can do? Can they get it done in terms of pushing um, judges through, especially women and, 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 and people of color, uh, and say in the next two years. Yes, they can. But again, they've got to fight it and they've got to use Mitch McConnell's own words against him. 
and they need to let people know that this is what Mitch said. This is what Mitch did. And if it was good enough for Mitch back then, why is Mitch fighting it now? You know, all of this talk about McConnell sitting there talking about, well, this isn't bipartisan. I don't understand that he's saying he wants to be bipartisan, and he's not being bipartisan. Well, use his own words. That was a pretty good Mitch McConnell, wasn't it? Yeah, I was uh, going to say, that you, was very good Mitch McConnell. <laughs> use, his, use his own words. And I understand that the collegial nature of the Senate, you know, that's kind of a taboo but, hey, folks, it's all hands on decks. It's all guns locked and loaded. you got to be out here slinging. And this is not the time to be nice and warm and friendly and fuzzy. Now you got to be out here to get some stuff done. And they need to call these folks on the carpet daily. They need to be mentioning these people's names daily. And they need to be explaining to the American people what they did, why they did it, and use their own words against them. Make them explain. Right. Make Mitch McConnell explain why all of a sudden now that he's clamoring for bipartisanship and bipartisanship, he couldn't spell it four years ago. Of course. Of course not. Uh, Doc, before you go, I know you got some great guests on, but just in general, you could talk about that and, and your show, sir. Well, uh, Inside the Issues, Saturdays, 11 to 2 Eastern, Sirius XM 126, Urban View. Uh, I don't want to talk about this particular interview until it's actually done, which I'm getting ready to go do. Uh, right, right. But it's, it's, yeah, but because, you know, things, things do happen. Um, but tell you, folks, I got some, I got some phenomenal, phenomenal guests uh, lined up for this coming Saturday. And again, I don't want to drop any names and and then something happens and I don't get it done. Uh, but I'm, I'm on my way now to uh, to put what I think is going to be a huge interview together. So tune in. I think so. Sirius XM 126 Urban View, 11 to 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. On XM. Uh, and I think it's going to be an awesome, awesome show with the guests that you showed, that you told me about. But listen, I appreciate it. Let's uh, get you on more Thank you. Uh, time permitting. And you enjoy you yourself. It. We'll talk to him. Thanks, man. My man. Take care. Uh, all right. Dr. Wilmer J. Leon, of course, the third uh, Inside the Issues on XM Satellite Radio, uh, channel uh, uh, 120, the Urban View, Urban Channel. We put all the black channels on one channel, I guess. Um, but great stuff. Of course, he's a best-selling author, too, uh, as well. You can look his stuff up on uh, WilmerLeon.com, WilmerLeon.com. Six four six nine two nine zero one three zero. the number to get in touch with us. You open up the phones, you have a question, you have a comment. Remember, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash L.A. Bachelor, hit us up in the chat room with your questions, comments, um, anything of what you've heard. We certainly appreciate you uh, joining and participating with us. It is the Bachelor News Radio Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network and WCOM in Chapel Hill, North Carolina.
Welcome back to the Bachelors Radio Show. On the Bachelors Radio Network at WCOM and Chapel Hill and other uh, media outlets. So again, if you miss any part of our broadcast, you can uh, go to our website to, to listen to the rebroadcast at uh, the Bachelor News Radio Network.com. Bachelor News Radio Network.com. And uh, of course, follow us on Facebook at Pad Nation or on Twitter at Pad Nation 2, the number 2. I uh, want to go to the phones, bring in my guest. He is uh, the owner of Anassis Media and, of course, play-by-play voice of UMass Lowell Basketball. He is Nick Anassis. Nick, I appreciate you coming on, sir, again. How you doing, L.A.? Good, good. Uh, uh, Nick, we we saw the NCAA championships uh, uh finish up with the women and at the time of the broadcast the men will be finishing up as well i looked at some of the numbers and and even with covid disappointingly uh the women's game the numbers aren't anything to write home about uh we've had conversations in the past about how the women's sports are looked at uh, as opposed to men, in particular the, the, the women, and how um, those broadcasters, those organizations like the Mouse ESPN handle it. Um, you know, it's it's, and I looked at Stanford beating Arizona State, Arizona, I mean Arizona, uh, knocking off my my Huskies, of course, but I I, I look at it and. And even when they won, the coverage was very short. Um, and there's still this element of men-driven broadcasters or, or lead, you know, you play-by-play guy, the men being a play-by-play guy, you go into studios. And, and to me, Andy Landers, a former uh, uh, coach in college at Georgia, I believe, and you have uh, two other women in there and and he kind of dominates the situation where when is it going to be where women can get to some point of an equal playing field and have the respect of uh you know the ESPNs and others who broadcast their games i mean you cover basketball you know the game the women's game is it can be very fluid i think they execute better than the guys the guys are shooting threes and dunks the women pass the ball they screen they pick and pop pick and roll they do all those different things but it doesn't resonate in the numbers and i think it really has to do with the lack of respect from broadcasters not the broadcasters like you and i but the 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 big boys that just say, okay, we're just going to throw it up there. It's going to make a little money for us, but we really don't want to put it on the level of the men. Uh, I'm not sure if I can actually weigh in here, L.A., because I I haven't seen any coverage this year or um, not much, frankly, ever. Um, Not because I'm not a fan of the sport. Um, It's just not something high, I guess, on my priority list. Yes, the game is still the game, no matter who's playing it, no matter at what level, whether it's men or women, whether it's uh, the NBA, whether it's the eighth graders down the road. um, There is joy in actually watching the sport. As far as the difference between how it's covered, I'm not sure. Now, I personally have handled uh, 
almost as many women's game as I have men. And I approach it the exact same way. Because again, right. at the end of the day, you're calling you're calling a game. It doesn't matter who's playing it. it doesn't matter what those right. people look like. It doesn't matter, you know. So I, I'm I'm not sure um, if I can weigh in because I haven't noticed I, I haven't noticed that. I, I guess I haven't watched enough women's uh, college basketball at that level to to come up with a with an honest critique. Um, well, let me let me give you this right here. They give you this example. So, um, last year alone, when the women's uh, championship was over, they they did the the well not you know la- before COVID they they did the cut in and in terms of you know they talking to the the coach and then they go back to the studio they talk a little bit they go back and then within ten minutes you go on a sports center. I'm talking about ESPN. And whereas right. the men and uh, obviously the men are on a different network at CBS, um, you know, it's an hour of the interviews and jubilation and doing all this right. sorts of things. Then they go back to the studio, then they go back. And then of course you get extra post game coverage on ESPN and those other ones. So those are the difference. So even, even if you hadn't watched it this year, that's the difference. Now I, I'm a realist, a realistic person. I understand that the revenue is different. I get that, but there are women out there, or even men that enjoy sports. Just like you know, I grew up in Connecticut. I like hockey. There may not people people that don't like that don't don't like hockey. So it, it's it, it could be one of those things. But for those who enjoy the sport or or the women playing the sport. It should be covered. If you're going to have them on, you might as well give the equal coverage. It may not be the equal revenue, but at least give the equal coverage. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. To play devil's advocate, um, you know, everything is ratings driven. Every and not just sports coverage. You know, media period right. um, is ratings driven. So they're going to follow the numbers, which means they're going to follow the money. So if they feel like a 10-minute post-game coverage is a long enough span, um, you know, then they're going to go right back to Sports Center as soon as they can because they know Sports Center is tried, tested, and true, and um, you know, somewhat safe enough, I suppose. Um, you, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying, I, I, I do, but at the end of the day, the networks aren't going to care. Frankly, they're not going to care about giving equal time because at the end of the day, it comes down to revenue. Is it unfortunate? Sure. Um, You know, to keep on with the ESPN example, they have other outlets besides the big ESPN. They have ESPN2, they have ESPNU, they have ESPN3. Um, You know, there's other places for extended coverage. Um, You know, if you're talking about Mickey Mouse, as you said. Right. So, you know, in this day and age where there's multiple platforms, you know, across multiple streaming devices, you know, there really isn't much of an excuse not to have the coverage land someplace for sure. So I, I definitely agree with you from that perspective. Yeah, and and, and I, I get it. Like you said, I mean, we're, you know, we're in a business where we know if we're doing, if you're doing a great broadcast at UMass Lowell, then, you know, people are watching and then, you know, those numbers show in your audience and then, you know, everything will, will take, 
place in a, a positive uh, a manner uh, from that standpoint. It's just that, you know, it's one of those things that's kind of you would have thought at some point would have grown uh, or had understanding. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, women's college basketball people and coaches and everybody else aren't speaking out enough, but, but you know, I digress. Speaking of college <laughs> basketball, um, Nick, you know, Roy Williams, uh, we talked about him, or maybe we didn't. I'm not sure. I can't remember if we, about retiring, where he stood and all that. Obviously, everybody thought it was an April Fool's joke, but he actually did step down and retire. Uh, here's a guy who is the only D1 coach, uh, D1 coach to win 400-plus games at two different D1 programs, Kansas, Carolina, of course, 30 out of 33 years he coached, he, he was in the tournament, and, and the list goes on and on, the championships and all that. Um, now Hubert Davis comes in. Carolina names him as the new men's basketball coach there. So I don't think we're surprised they wanted to go within. That's what they've done. Uh, just going back to Dean Smith even before that, right? Um, but is Hubert the guy now you had the Phil Fords and guys like that that had assistant coaching experience and not my to my knowledge Hubert I know played in the NBA about 10 or 12 years and with the Knicks and a bunch of different teams and of course he played at Carolina um but did they rush to bring him in do you think he's a guy that can you know, uh, lead these young kids. And keep in mind, I mean, he's not that old, but he certainly removed away from the program where he's not, you know, in his 30s or, so, uh, you know, 20s or something where he could deal with these 17 and 18-year-olds. But, you know, he's, he's, he's not my age or anything. But so what do you think about this move? And do you think they rushed to get a guy in there to uh, replace Roy Williams? No, I, I don't think it's rushed, actually. Replace me if I'm wrong, but, but he had been on the staff for the better part of a decade now, right? I, I mean, he had, to my understanding, he had been on the staff. He's been, you know, in the locker room. He's been the right hand in a lot of ways to Roy Williams. So I, I think that that part of it makes sense. Um, right. You know, higher in-house, higher an alum, um, Obviously, he's got some credentials as a player, as you mentioned, being in the NBA. Um, so so I, I don't see a problem with that. And I, I have a feeling that Roy Williams may have had, um, if not something to do with it, but at least gave his blessing on his way out the door there. I don't think he would have left uh, Carolina high and dry, and I don't think Carolina um, was caught unaware. So, so I think that, that move makes sense in a lot of ways. As far as Roy Williams' legacy, um, you know, let's not forget that he was in some hot water about five years ago down there. Uh, I mean, yes, right. he has had a sterling career, but let's not just ignore the bruises that that, that, that come with that. Um, you know, things did not look very good for him personally about four or five years ago with that scandal there. Um, that being said, you know, he's a guy who uh, really, I think, built up a rebuilt Kansas in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he, he was left in a good spot, obviously, with Coach Larry Brown, uh, who preceded him there at Kansas. Kansas, obviously, has a very good tradition going all the way back to Will Chamberlain in the 50s. 
Um, but but you know, and, and a lot of guys can't handle that 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 kind of pressure. Um, for a first-year head coach to step in, you know, following with some big shoes to fill in Larry Brown, um, you know, one of the biggest programs in the country, uh, he didn't miss a beat. He had them, you know, back in the Final Four uh, pretty quickly. Now, now, of course, the criticism about 20 years ago was that he couldn't win the big one, especially when they lost to Syracuse in 03. They were favored in that game despite Carmelo Anthony. Um you know, so so it's always 0-3 in the championship. He can't do that, blah, blah, blah. And then two years later, he's back in the title game with North Carolina, and he wins the championship first of two there. So it seems like he's been able to, um, you know, carve out his own place um, as, as one of the greats, as a Hall of Famer. You mentioned the record. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a Titan for sure. And uh, and the game, I think, will miss him overall. As far as North Carolina moving forward, I have no problem with uh, with Hubert Davis there on the sideline. To me, that hiring makes sense. Yeah, and the, the fact that it came so fast, you know, four days later, what it's been, um, it, it says, like you said, it, that uh, Roy had to sign off on it. He had to use his influence to say, listen, you know, Hubert's the guy. And right. and so they 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 hired him. I, I I think for some Carolina fans that I've talked to, and I kind of tend to agree, um, the Roy sometimes, you know, he tend to coach not to lose, especially not just in big games, but games against Duke. And that that it you know, it's it's that rivalry thing, you know, Yankees Red Sox, you know, whatever. It, it, that it, that's your barometer in a lot of uh, uh, places, especially in college. And uh, so, some folks thought, you know, he he kind of, you know, was a peanut butter sandwich sometimes when it when it came to trying to coach against Coach K. You know, he, get, he had a little something in the throat, a little choke. But right. um, but you know, uh, he, I, I think with with the numbers, he's certainly clearly a Hall of Famer, um, and we'll we'll see what. Uh, happens with that one other college uh, coach and college speaking of Kansas is Bill Self getting a lifetime deal now these lifetime deals I don't know the whole deal uh, Nick but I'm sure he's got some kind of out I mean every I think it's after every four or five years they renew it or something like that so it's a lifetime deal in that uh, aspect, but how do you feel about those in particular with college coaches? The the hypocrisy that these kids can't move on, but coaches kind of can move on or stay and get all these different endorsement deals and things. And Bill Self in itself, no pun intended. I know he won a title, but you know he's had the you know the dropsies too uh, at Kansas in certain right. situations where they were favored and they lost. What about this deal, and what about it, this deal with Bill Self? I don't know. I don't think they'll sign anybody for life for anything. Right. <laughs> I mean, that may be me personally. I, I can't think of one, uh, you know, one circumstance. I, I, I don't know. Look, he's, you know, he's he's done well enough. Um, again, is anybody's warrant Okay, we lost lost Nick, and we'll try to get him back on the line six four six nine two nine 
0130, the number to get in touch with us. If you have a question, um, hit, us, hit us up on uh, that line. And, of course, don't forget, if you missed any part of the broadcast, you can go to our website, thebastardnewsradionetwork.com, thebastardnewsradionetwork.com.
welcome back to the show. We go back to uh, Nick and Nassis. And, and Nick, I want to go to uh, another topic. When you look at uh, the situation, sometimes, as you know, politics will cross over. We we saw that in a previous administration where, you know, um, you know, the Colin Kaepernick situation where he was kneeling and that turned out to be a lot of different things with a lot of different angles and branches on that. Uh, now we see in Georgia where um, there's this controversy and this debate and fight on uh, either side about voter registration, voter suppression, voting rights, period. Major League Baseball decided th- that game was going to be in – the All-Star game was going to be in Atlanta, and they were going to be honoring uh, Hank Aaron. They said they're still going to do it, but they decided based on the climate of this situation, like it or not, that they were not going to play the All-Star game there. How effective do you think that will be, and what backlash do you think MLB will get? And here's a third part of that question. Do you see other pro and even maybe even colleges of following suit with anything going on in the state of Georgia? I think this is a very slippery slope, L.A. When you have corporate America starting to dictate how states run their elections, that's not a good thing. Particularly baseball of the major four, that that's um, primarily you have conservatives who follow that. They make up the larger part of the fan base. They're now calling for a boycott of the entire sport. That's not good for anybody. That's not good for the city of Atlanta, who is estimated to lose close to a billion dollars in revenue from that one game. Uh, obviously, it's not good for the fans in the state of Georgia. And, it's, again, if this becomes a bigger issue where a boycott takes place, uh, less eyeballs on the screen means less revenue dollars for Major League Baseball and uh, their corporate partners. So this is a slippery slope. Um, it, it's, it's the league... Um, for right or wrong, sticking their neck into the political arena. And there could be, and likely will be, in my opinion, uh, consequences to their bottom line. So, you know, at the same time, it doesn't surprise me, given the divided climate that we're in. We've seen the NCAA stick their neck out in the past when they took the Final Four away from North Carolina over the, um, over the trans bathroom um, issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess gone are the days where um, sports and entertainment were supposed to be just that, sports and entertainment. You know, you left the politics at home when you went to the ballpark. You know, it was supposed, sports was designed as an escape from this kind of stuff. And to see it creep into the arena, so to speak, uh, I think in a lot of ways is unfortunate. But, you know, in – you know, in fairness, uh, you know, to the other side of that, we've sports is always kind of uh, social justice is always um, intertwined with sports and, you know, people taking a stand. Ali, of course, uh, being the, the biggest one, 
you know, with, with Vietnam and they stripped him and everything. He paid the consequences from there. Never really was the same as a boxer. John Carlos and those in the Olympics. Uh, you you can go back to, to Jim Brown and, and Kareem and all those back in the 60s saying, enough, we're not going to do this. Even coaches saying, well, look, we're not going to play this game uh, unless, you know, we have equal opportunity. Even Paul Bear Bryant played a game to, to allegedly to to get – um, Alabama to kind of come um, to the 21st century. So uh, this has always uh, been going on. It may not be something that people agree with, but it has been. There is no. There are a lot of examples out there uh, for that. But to to the other parts of the question, do you think that um, the NBA are going to do? Because you know TNT is there. You know, and they you they got their broadcast. I think they're the best NBA um, pregame, postgame show uh, going with Barkley and those guys. Um, and and other outlets there in Atlanta. I know the Braves are not happy. Certainly, that they right. uh, spoke to the governor of Texas said he won't even throw out the first pitch for um, the Rangers because, you know, he's being a, a, a conservative and saying you know this is wrong. So I mean, do, do you see other Outlets? Do you see other uh, franchises? Do you see other pro uh, leagues stepping out? Can we see this bleed into the NFL? The Falcons. I mean, well, how how far do you think it will go? I don't think. I, I think baseball is going to see a backlash, and the other sports leagues are going to take notice. That's that's what I think is going to happen. Um, proceed with caution. You know, there is a saying now on the street, you go woke, you go broke. Um, you know, and, and sure, those other examples, L.A., okay. You know, we're talking about Muhammad Ali, uh, his problem, sure. He, he was he was facing the Jim Crow South. Um, you know, he, he, was, he was not only protesting that, I think in a lot of ways he was protesting the draft itself. Uh, oh, yeah. Where you're basically, you know. So, so those are some bigger issues other than just having to show an ID at a poll, right? Which, by the way, there's a lot of blue states in the country with more stricter laws on the books right now than anything that just got passed in Georgia. So, you know, at, at what point is enough enough? I, I, I mean, again, sure, everybody wants to be on the right side of history. Everybody wants to make a stand. Um, but at some point, you've got to take a look and say, you know what, maybe we're not on the right side of the issue here. Maybe we do need to actually dig into the bill and learn what it's about before we jump on Twitter and denounce it. You know, maybe if everybody just took a breath and stopped following the narrative and actually looked into the details, we'd be in a lot better place as a country than I think where we are right now. But to answer your question, if the league, if the MLB, uh, and they're already seeing, uh, they're already starting to see it. I, I mean, the, the opening weekend ratings were not good, whether that's lockdown related, whether that's pandemic related, whether that's um, this issue related to this issue. Uh, baseball and pro sports in general are not in a good spot with half the country right now for whatever reason. So this move is not a move towards unification, which I think this country desperately needs, and baseball and sports used to be a way to unite the left and the right. But instead, we get more divisiveness, we get more controversy, 
We get more neighbor versus neighbor. Uh, and like you mentioned, Barkley, like you said earlier this week, sometimes a lot of that is from the elites. A lot of that is a directive to keep white and black, rich and poor, men and women, gay and straight, at each other's throat. It's a strategy as old as civilization itself. It's called divide and conquer. I think Barkley was on to something with that, and I unfortunately uh, think baseball is making a mistake here. I really do. Well, it'll it'll be interesting to see if if you know how much of a hit they take. And incidentally, by the way, to to your point, you've had um, you know I don't want to go too political. Uh, uh, Stacey Abrams, who who said that a boycott is not good for the economy in Georgia and 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 black businesses and things of that nature. Um, so you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of again legs to all of this um when when it comes down to and and i i'm look i'm i i'm about the players anyway so baseball it, let's be clear baseball is not doing this from from some moral standpoint they're doing it because of the climate like it's the right thing they don't want they're more afraid of the backlash of those those who are afraid um who think the bill is wrong than those on the let other me, side. Let me jump in, though, L.A., but if that's the case, they could have just kept their head down. They didn't have to jump into this. They but they, they can't. In- they can't, Nick. They can't, they can't keep their head down. There's no way they can keep their head down, just like there's no way the NBA or the NFL or anybody else can keep their head down in this climate because it's, it, it, like you said, this, this cancel, um, this cancel uh, climate it's no way they could do it with with allegations of sexual assault. This is that the social the social world that we're in, and in terms of morality, is there is no way they could keep their head down. Zero way, yeah, but in again, my opinion. The, the only yeah, but LA the only the only people who injected Major League Baseball into this debate was Major League Baseball. No one else was expecting Major League Baseball to boycott this. No, nobody, you know, nobody, nobody, like, just like nobody's calling out the NBA, you know, to boycott Atlanta games or, or anything like that. The only uh, time when uh, the MLB was associated with this topic is when the MLB decided to become associated with this topic. They didn't have to and jump the, into the fray at all. Right. And my point is that someone in their camp said, Oh my God! This voter thing is becoming headline news. Our all-star game is in Georgia. We need to get on top of this, and they made a decision because of the climate. Right. Right. And that's they what I'm saying. Like they, they, it's no way they could have not gotten. They, it's no way they could have said we can't just hide with this stuff going on, the voting stuff going on in Georgia. They they made a decision. There's no way we can hide. We're going to have to make a decision, and they made a decision. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying they looked at it and said, oh, man, we got to make a decision. We're going we're gonna to play or not play, and they decided they're going to move it because of the fact that this is a hot topic socially, and and they just decided that they wanted to go that route. Now, my question is, can they if if they take that type of a hit that you're saying, do you think that they're going to backtrack? Oh boy, I, I, I think it's too late to backtrack. 
You know, right. I mean, I, I think the, the Braves took all the all-star patches off their uniforms. They, they scrubbed, you know, all that stuff off their website. I think it's too late for that. Um, I, I, I don't know. Again, I just think it's unfortunate where baseball or whoever has to feel the need to jump in over state legislation. That's, I mean, that's what we're talking about. There's nothing to do with Major League Baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball, in my opinion, did not need to inject themselves into this debate. They didn't. And frankly, they don't have a right to either, L.A., in my opinion. They don't. This, since when does corporate America, and that's what, that's what Major League Baseball is, it's corporate America. All their major sponsors are multinational corporations with no allegiance to this country or anything else. Since when are they allowed to, uh, you know, dictate how different states legislate, uh, you know, their own elections? They don't. They don't have a horse in that. They don't have a dog in that fight. They don't have a horse in that race. They may feel like, you know, oh, you know, we've got some big moral obligation and to jump in and blah blah blah. No, you're not. No, you don't. Your your is is to roll out a product, you know, day in and day out that that can allow Americans an escape, you know, for three hours, take your kid to the ballpark, you know, and enjoy the sights, grab a sausage, relax, forget about all the political stuff, forget about the divide and conquer stuff that's in our face 24-7. Baseball can't do that. And increasingly, you know, for right or wrong, uh, these major league uh, or professional sports organizations feel the need to weigh in and impact uh, and punish States where, you know, they may not agree with certain legislation. I think, again, it's wrong. I don't think they have any business doing that. I don't. And we'll see. We'll see if they pay the price or not. They have angered a lot of baseball fans and a lot of conservative baseball fans, which, by the way, make up the majority target share of their audience. So it's a gamble if they want to, you know, feel like they're social justice warriors and they're saving the world and all that at the end of the day. Good for them. But, again, go woke, go broke, and they're already starting to see it. And, by the way, since, since when do, does Major League Baseball really care about the fans? I think that their lack of caring has been on display now. Again, like we talked about last week, $5,000 now for a bleacher ticket uh, in, in, at Fenway Park, $5,000. used to be $5 when I was growing up, or whatever, $15, $30, whatever it was, certainly affordable. So, you know, we're not in a normal climate. We're not, we're, we are a divided country. I mean, everybody knows that. But, you know, the fact where we're seeing, again, corporate America start to punish specific states because a piece of legislation doesn't go their way, I think they've overstepped their bounds in a, in a uh, glaring way. Maybe that's well, let yeah, and and, and I, I hear you, and I I, I know T Mac and Mike Patton's on the line. I'm uh, uh, checking it with with them before you go, and and let them chime in on this. Um, but I, I will say this: um, any of the social change uh, has been, at least when you look at the NBA specifically, has been through the players. The players were the ones in the NBA that said, "We're not going to play." because of George Floyd. And by the way, George Floyd happened in Minnesota. So is Minnesota different than Atlanta? If, 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 if Minnesota is saying uh, enough and it, and it was so egregious, certainly voting suppression, those who think it's voter suppression may not be 
killing a life per se, per se, but it's certainly voting. But it, what is the difference between the two? If people are going to make change because uh, they saw this man with a cop on his knee, uh, his knee on his neck for nine minutes, then what? Then what is the difference, Nick, with with the voting thing? It's still social change. And it might be social justice, but it's still in the same realm. Uh, Harris, uh, when does it stop? Again, I I don't know. It just seems like everything is political now. Everything is political. Everything is an effort to vilify the other side. Everything is, is, you know, how does this, how how did that, uh, uh, how does this help the situation? Who's the winner here? Certainly not the city of Atlanta, as we highlighted. Certainly not those local businesses located around the ballpark. Certainly not the state of Georgia. Uh, certainly not Major League Baseball. Certainly not the fan base. Who is the winner here, other than the Democrats, who are trying to push that narrative? There is none. There's no winner. There's certainly no unification. Uh, you know, there's no kumbaya moment here. It's just more divisiveness, more divisiveness. And it's invaded areas that traditionally – were meant as a rallying point for this country. They've crept into areas, i.e. sports, which typically used to, for decades, be a unifying uh, event in this country, where neighbors, no matter what political stripes, could sit down together on a Sunday and watch a football game or come home from work on a Wednesday night and watch a baseball game outside with their neighbors as the sun has gone down. All that has changed. Why? Because the political people decided they needed to step in. They needed to uh, bring, you know, as many of these corporate America woke corporations with them on their side no matter what. And it's gotten out of control. It has backfired at the grassroots level. It already has. You can check the ratings, not just from this year either. Um, You know, as far as the comparison with Minneapolis, you know, I don't know. I kind of see that as apples and oranges. That was a player-driven move, which, as you said, historically, the uh, the demonstrations uh, have come from the players, not from the league. This is a little bit different where you have the league, um, again, with their corporate interests in mind or their (laughs) supposed corporate interests in mind, deciding to go ahead and punish a state over how they want to conduct their own elections. I just think that's wrong. Right, but we don't know if the players are saying, the Players Association, the black and brown players are saying, listen, I have a problem with this because of the voting. Maybe some lived it. We don't We don't know, but I, I get your point. I want to bring in uh, Tony T. Mac McLean. Of course, you, you're, you're very familiar with, of course, the BASN newsroom. And, and Tony, what's your take on baseball pulling out and – and the impact and, and some of the things you've heard that uh, myself and Nick have been talking about. Then we'll go to Mike Pat. Well, this this was started by the uh, MLB Players Association. Um, the, the, you know, the, the story moved about two and a half weeks ago where it was talked amongst the uh, Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association, and uh, Major League Baseball. So it's not like this happened in a vacuum. This is This is something – that has been on the works in a while. Also, you have to look at it historically. Uh, That barn door about politics and sports uh, has been broken wide open long before we were born. Jesse Owens, Joe Lewis, 
Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, the Olympics in and of itself. Um, you know, that whole shut up and dribble uh, mentality to me is 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 just is just old slave rhetoric as far as far as I'm concerned. Um, now look, I am not here to say I'm not ready to say that um I'm not ready to call uh Rob Manfred, you know, Huey P. Manfred here. Let's let let let's be clear. Right. But right. But 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 with that being said, this I think the thing here that is the most significant is that this goes against everything baseball has ever stood against. And, you know, even with the whole Jackie Robinson thing and all that other stuff, this goes against something that, you know, we didn't think we were good. Cause I talked about, we, we talked, I talked about this on another show a week ago and I actually thought, I didn't think they would do anything, but the fact that they did, speaks volumes because they're taking a bit of a chance because right now of the four major sports, depending on where you're at, baseball is finishing fourth or fifth in, in that. So they're taking a little bit of, they're they're taking a little bit of a, a chance to their quote unquote core audience, but see their core audience has been diminishing a lot over the years. Look, as a black man who knows what this whole thing in Georgia is all about, I applaud them for what they for what they did. Uh, do I think it's genuine? You know, that's a that's a two hour that's a, that's a two hour conversation in and of itself. I don't know. I, I um, there's a part of me that says that it's probably not genuine, but I cannot take away from the fact that they did do this. So. I, I yeah, and, and and you know, Mike Patton. Uh, of course, uh, you're on the line with, with Nick and and, and T Mac, myself. Um, uh, Tony and, and Nick, they, they kind of summed it up. What I was saying, it's like I don't trust baseball. I think it's it's one of those <laughs> things where they're looking at. Listen, okay, this is in Georgia. This thing is a big thing. We have somebody in baseball camp said. We need to get out front of this. We either going to bury our heads and let it ride, or we're going to go, man, we need to do something and make a change and boycott the thing, or not boycott, but move the game because of this. So to Tony's point, I don't think baseball is, gen- you know, they're looking at this moral compass and saying this is wrong. I think they're looking at, okay, the left is is, is moving forward with their agenda pushing forward pushing away the right in this in these particular situations so we need to make sure we we these lefties that are corporations that are being woke as nick said they're being woke so we need to go on the woke side for now and move this game they still going to honor hank aaron and everything else but it's it's kind of a twofold thing. They're trying to make sure they save face with the the climate, um, but at the same time, we know it's a business move. It's not really something where I know the players' association might have moved for it, but the baseball probably someone again analytics or whatever looked at it and said, "Yeah, we need to roll to the left side 
because we don't want to be on the wrong side. <clears throat> Mike. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you was coming mm-hmm. to me next, man. My bad. But uh, huh? you know, I was I, I gotta say I was seriously irritated when I heard the stay woke you stay woke go broke slogan there. Um, you know, since when does, you know, being awake and listening watching everything have to do with money? I understand money and things like that. People have to have money and stuff like that, but you know, we're talking about human lives. Are you going is uh is there a certain amount of money that's just going you can pay to bring somebody back from the dead? I don't think there is. So you may can you, if, if if you know if I may say so myself, please retire that stay woke stay broke statement. That's really extremely insensitive. Um, as far as uh you know talking about the, you know baseball. No, let me finish they, first, and then you can respond. Okay. But uh, as far as uh, everything else, you know, you're talking about and giving all these different, you know, synonyms and whatever and things like that. I understand what you're trying to say, but, you know, be a black man in America. Be a, be, uh, be, be a black man in America. Be my grandmother. Be anybody like that that's had things consistently uh, put against them in America. You try that. Then tell us how we're supposed to feel. Then you really tell us how we're supposed to feel because this is a human rights issue. This ain't a left or right issue. This is a human rights issue. And you're making it into a left or right issue, and a lot of people go and jump in and make it into a political issue, but it's a left or right. It's not a left or right issue. It's a human rights issue. So please stop talking about the left or right or this or that and the other. That's a bunch of crap. You can take that, sit it on the curb, and have it picked up by the trash man. This is about human rights, and okay. you know I don't I, agendas and things like that. You can go, I, you can talk about agendas and things like that, but first of all, you got to talk about human beings. And I and, and I sat here and I patiently listened to everything, but. You know, I got to say, I was getting extremely heated the entire time you were talking. That's just real. Can I respond? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. There's a human rights issue. Nick, you're breaking up. Nick, Nick, you're breaking up a little bit. I don't know if you can move. You just fucking go off on me. I'm trying to respond here. So let me ask no, you no, that. no, no, Nick. I can't. We can't. We can't hear you. I can't hear you. Is what I'm saying. We, if you could move to a different, we can't hear you. You're breaking up. Is what I'm saying. All right. Well, how about now? Okay. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, a little better. Okay. Yep, yeah, that's better. Yep. Okay. Let, let's talk about this quote-unquote human rights issue. The major mm-hmm. sticking point of the legislative of the legislative part, the quote-unquote voter suppression, the piece that actually. Uh, never mind that it extends early voting, by the way. That that conveniently has been let out, but whatever. Since when is it a human right issue to have to, to prove who you are? Okay? You have to – American Airlines, by the way, who's one of the biggest uh, corporations behind this move, American Airlines, you have to show an ID to board their plane. You have to show an ID to get a COVID vaccine. Those are – you know, in terms of COVID vaccine, isn't that a life or death issue? So it's okay to have to show ID to get a shot in your arm, but suddenly if you have to show an ID to say who you are when you vote, that's somehow a civil rights, you know, racist issue. I, I, I don't see the, you know, what I see here is a double standard. Because, again, <laughs> most states already have those books on the laws, including a lot of blue states, Washington, et cetera. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, other than the false narrative that keeps getting pushed down our throats, where does the civil rights <laughs> issue come in? Because, again, 
You have to show an ID for most things in this country. Not one word about how that's racist. So I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'll tell you this, man. You know, if I have to keep explaining, you know, T-Mac, if you want to kind of explain it to him, you can go no. right ahead. But, you know, no. I've kind of no, explained I'm, I'm, a lot I'm, of different things over my lifetime. I'm, I'm, and, you know, I'm kind of done trying to explain it. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say this. There's a precedent that's been set a long time ago. 1965, players were not, you know, black players were discriminated against at the AFL All-Star Game. They moved it to Houston. 19, uh, 1992, uh, Arizona doesn't recognize the Dr. King holiday. They get the Super Bowl taken away from them. When they eventually did, you know, if let's put it this way. If we, are, if we still have to revisit history in regards to the state of Georgia and in the South in regards to voting rights, then we may be here for a while. And to be quite honest, I'm sort of like Mike. I'm not going to explain myself. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Okay. You keep bringing up, you know, the South overall as if, you know, I'm ignorant to the fact that there's been race relations problems down there for 400 years. Obviously, I know the history of this country. I know the history of the region. So you can continue to pull up unrelated example after unrelated example to dodge the question. What I said was... I'm answering, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm answering, I'm answering the question. about having to prove who you are at a poll? What is racist with having to flash ID like they do because in the majority of states in this country? That, that, that's I, where this starts and ends. Okay, and, and you know that that's not the only stipulation. Am I correct? That seems to be the only sticking point no, that's no, controversial no, no, but, in the legislation But I'm just saying you do know that that's not the only stickling issue in this. Am I correct? What else is, what, what else is there? Because that's the only example that keeps getting pointed to. When, when no. quote-unquote, voter repression brought up, seems to be the only detail I've heard when a detail is even given. There are other details in it besides the ID. There are other details that are in with the ID. And historically... Like what? Is there, what's that? Like what? The, the, the history of how Georgia has dealt with black voters. Okay, we know but that. We, I'm asking about but, what's in but, the legislation. But, that, but that's the whole... That's the, that's the realm of it. Until 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 uh, this last election, there was never a problem. But now all of a sudden, there's a problem. When you have a when you when you when you have a legislator who gets arrested because of this, come on now. Again, you, you continue to point to the history of the region. As if that's directly related to the legislation. If you if you don't think if you don't think the history of the region has something to do with this, then you're incredibly naive. Incredibly what I am asking you is You're incredibly naive if you don't think the history of this has anything to do with this. Incredibly naive. Uh, again, where in the legislation is there quote-unquote voter repression and everything else? I'm not talking about the history of the region. I'm you talking have, about the legislation. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot talk about this. Major League Baseball's have to quote-unquote step into the arena. Uh, again, over what sticking points are we talking about here specifically? 
if you want showing to ignore, a vote, showing if, an idea at a polling place or what else? I mean, what are we talking if, about here? Well, if let me wanna, let me give if you, you ignore if you want to ignore the history, then you're being incredibly naive. Well, let me give you. No, wait. Hold on. Hold on. One. Yes, sir. But uh, hold on. One. One second, Nick. Let Let me give you. uh, I'll give you um, just an example of what I. I, um, You know, I've been in radio for 30 years, and I was working at a station in Florida, an FM station, big FM station. Mike, I appreciate you hanging. Um, And so this was the. Uh, when I was there, this was the, uh, in terms of presidency, it was the Bush-Gore election. And um, we had more people calling, just to, to, to the point of the conversation, we had more people calling about police pulling them over, stopping, checking their ID, en route to, being, to, to going to vote. Uh, the other part of it was that there were uh, laws on the books, and this goes back to the whole law kind of conversation. Um, there were laws on the books that if you were a felon, which means that you know you you committed a felony crime, but you paid your price, but you you weren't allowed to vote. So a lot of votes got thrown out and stuff. And you know, I think. You know, in this country, we were supposed to be about second chances and all of those things. So I think to Tony's point is that there's a lot of underlying things that go on with these type of bills that may take place in different places. I haven't seen all of the Georgia bill, but what I'm saying, I know in Florida, when I lived there for three years, there were issues about, okay, it's ID, but or it was ID, and there were some other things that went on with it, just showing your ID. You also, there's also, you know, you, you, I mean, we all understand pork belly when it comes to politics, which means there's a bill that's there, and then a senator holds it up because he wants to get, or she wants to get certain things in the bill for their state. So there's a lot of different things that go into these bills that we don't really are privy to. So it, it may be more than just, okay, you need to show your ID and, and decide to vote. Because like I said, in Florida, which is very, uh, quite frankly, uh, conservative uh, lately, especially, um, there were a lot of stuff that we were getting calls from people saying, Hey, I thought the precinct was open. They're closed. Like, so it's a lot of different things that were going on. I think that's what Tony's point, uh, Nick is, is in regards to that. It's not just showing your ideas, other things in the bill that may be, um, people feeling suppressed in those situations. Like what? I'm still waiting for it. I just told you, like, it's, I don't know all of the bill. What I'm saying is that it's not just, it's just not that cut and dry. Like, it's just not, the bill just doesn't say you got to show ID. None of the bills, any bill, when you look, none of the bills are just that cut and dry. I mean, you might have to show ID and oh, by the way, if you were arrested for six months, you can't vote or so. I mean, there's stuff behind, it's pork belly, we call it. It's, it's stuff behind just the just the fact that you got to show ID is other stuff that are lined up with that 
that go in. Okay, and, and don't I, you I, think I, Major League Baseball then, if they're going to pull the game out of Atlanta, would have an obligation to say this is exactly the part of the bill we have a problem with? Instead of, again, just blindly repeating the narrative that it's voter suppression and that it's racist? Because I'm still I, I, waiting for details. I'm still waiting for the specific part of the bill that Major League Baseball has a problem with. No, I agree with that. I, what I'm saying to you, uh, Nick, is that it, it's, I, I get what you're saying. What I'm saying, and I go back to what I said to you originally, Major League Baseball, right or wrong, if you, you disagree with it, and that's fine, they decided. Somebody said, hey, this is a hot topic. We need to be on the other side. That right or wrong, they just made a decision. We don't want any backlash from black people or this or that, whatever. We're going to do this, and we're going to pull this game. Now, I don't see them ever. I don't see any of them ever, just like with Floyd or whatever, um, them getting into specifics. What I see them making is some geeky dude or not geeky dude or whatever, and and their camp said – we can't be on the other side. We need to be on this side because they weighed the options. They looked at the numbers and they said, no, in this climate, we want to be woke. And woke might be not what you you agreeing with, but they might have made that decision. Now, what happens after that? Like you said, the numbers, the ramifications after that, if it's bad for them, they're going to pay the price. But what I'm saying to you is that somebody in in Major League Baseball got to Manfred and said, listen, we need to pull this game because this thing is going to look ugly. It's going to make us look ugly. We playing it. We're going to have all this kind of mess. We're going to pull the game. Rightly or wrongly, I think that's what baseball made the decision on, on, on that, Nick. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. It was definitely somebody internally that yeah, thought that, I mean, you know, it, somehow, that they thought this was somehow a good move. I'm, I still don't see that either. I don't see, again, how anybody wins in this scenario. The fans, the right. state of Atlanta, the Georgia, uh, baseball itself, the networks, I don't see how anyone wins here. I don't. Right. I, I think the better move for their bottom line, again, right or wrong, because they, I don't see the backlash that, that, you know, they're so afraid of. I see backlash now from the right. I see that. I see them dividing their base in half. I see that. Um, I'm not sure, though, if they had let the game stand that, that you know, it would have been a magnet, uh, you know, or a lightning rod. I, I think it probably would have gone by the wayside, and baseball could have gone away with this unscathed, uh, seeing, you know, if they had left it alone. Do they want to step into the arena? Okay, sure. You know, if, if that's the move you want to make, just be prepared that actions have consequences. And, yeah. and it's another divisive move that this country overall does not need. This certainly is not uniting anybody. And that's, I think, what we need more desperately than ever. I agree. And, uh, Nick, just to the point, uh, uh, Larry in, um, in Cleveland said that, you know, uh, just uh, before we go, uh, that the – NBA, uh, I mean, uh, he said the NFL made a decision after Colin Kaepernick, and they survived. It may be apples and oranges, but that's what he had said. So uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But but their ratings, L.A., their ratings have not been where they have been since 2016 either, to my knowledge. 
it's been a right. slow decline, uh, exasperated obviously by the lockdown last year. But uh, they were at their peak before Colin took the knee. So yes, they survived as you know most multi-billion-dollar uh, franchises do. You know they, they weather the storm and they get by because they're so large. But has the Colin Kaepernick thing helped out football? I don't think so. Again, right or wrong, whatever your thoughts are on the issue itself of, of Colin taking the knee, uh, the NFL has not been a winner uh, since that day. They just haven't in terms of revenue, in terms of ratings, in terms of everything else. So, again, it's, it, it's, a deci- it, it's more divisive than anything else. And, and to Tony's point, again, I agree. I understand the history of the region. I understand the history that sports has played in trying to stand up uh, and speak truth to power. This just seems like a misguided, corporate-driven uh, approach where they jump the shark over something. They don't really know what they're talking about, one. And two, I'm still waiting for, uh, a, a, you know, a, a reason to back up these talking points. Still trying to figure out why this is voter suppression, to show an idea at a poll, when, again, you have many blue states with stricter uh, voting laws already on the books. This was a talking points handed down from the left, from the multinational corporations that make up the left, that really set the agenda. This was, here's your talking points, here's what we're going to do, we're going to pull the game out and screw anyone who doesn't like it, screw these, you know, the uh, state legislatures who are trying to abide by the Constitution and craft their own state legislature rules when it comes to elections. Corporate America, Major League Baseball, they don't have any business trying to tell Georgia how they can conduct their elections. And especially that, they can't even tell me why, specifically. They are- well, it's all, it's all political, and it, we'll, we'll see what happens um, um, at moving forward, it, both sports and, and political on that side. But, Nick, I appreciate your time, man. We'll talk next week, man. And enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day, sir. Thank you. You too, L.A., and, uh, and uh, everyone else, Tony, everyone else. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. Nick Anastas, of course, uh, uh, owner of Anastas Media and, and play-by-play voice of UMass Lowell. Um, Mike and, and, and T, you know, aside from the, the uh, opinions, um, I, I, again, you know, we, the, the three of us understand, you know, the walk that we have every day. And um, certainly, uh, we 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 get that part. Um, but I, I guess my my first question, uh, I'll go to you, Mike, first. Is that if um, if baseball is really going to take a hit for this? Because if 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 the if the Analogy is the, the the reasoning is that they're multi these multi billion dollar uh, you know franchises and the trillion dollars or whatever the you know baseball may make that they took a calculated risk to do this and even if they take a hit if they're going to take a hit with COVID nineteen the hit that they're taking now shouldn't be as bad, Mike. And then the other part of it is, do you think, just like COVID, where you had the NBA with the bubble and everybody kind of 
took the lead and baseball did well with that uh, in terms of how they handled it until the World Series, of course. Um, do you think other um, professional leagues are going to look at baseball and how they, they handle this and then decide if and when they're going to jump into the fray on this issue? Yeah, honestly, um, you know, he talked about baseball taking a hit and all those type of things. I mean, baseball has been taking a hit since before this. I mean, baseball already isn't popular in very many black homes. So, I mean, you know, there's already a hit right there. They're not very diverse. So, I mean, honestly, it is what it is, you know, and, you know, everyone's talking about taking a hit and this, that, and the other, whatever. Um, What about actually being on the right side of history and actually being about – you know, real human right issues because the, the thing I is, agree. baseball is a game. Baseball is a game. I agree. That's one thing I was trying to get Nick to understand. Baseball is a game. Right. Baseball is a game, basketball game, stuff like that. Those are human beings playing the game. And he talks about an escape and nothing. It has nothing to do with sports. I mean, tell that to Jim Brown. Tell that to uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all those guys when they were fighting for human rights while entertaining people that didn't like them. I mean, that's what I, I, I'm, you know, that in my, in my opinion, I mean, I, I, Nick, Nick can tell his points, anything like that, but, um, you know, it almost seemed like he never really wanted to understand our points, and I'm going to leave it alone after that, and, you know, hey, he's welcome to say his opinion and things like that, but, you know, it's a human rights issue, it's a human issue, not a political issue, and the thing is, it's quite funny when things are brought up, uh, you know, from the supposed left side, it's always a political issue, but it's brought to the right side. It's not at all. Oh, we're just doing this from the bottom of our heart and, and this, 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 and this. But we all know that's not necessarily the case at all times. And Mike, I mean, to, to Tony, to Mike's point, I mean, you know, Mike, obviously, obviously you hear the frustration and the, 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 the anger in that. The, the, the fact is that, Again, before you guys actually got on the line, I, you both made my point. When I was talking to him, I said, listen, uh, social issues and racial issues have always intertwined when it came to black athletes in, in, in that realm. I mean, we went to, you mentioned Tony, Jesse Owens. I mentioned John Carlos, uh, Ali, all these. Are, I mean, you can look at everybody. You can look at the whole thing. It's this is not the new norm. This is the this is welcome to the party again. That's you know that phrase we use all the time, T. And the fact is that um, you know I don't really care about the blue and the this or that and all that stuff. The fact is that you have to walk in in the shoes of that situation. And you know I had someone said, yeah, um, voter suppression might not be the death sentence like a George Floyd, but eventually it can be because you're not being right. able to do what you need to do to vote, to take care of your family. And, oh, by the way, you know, and nobody's trying to overtake the government. Brothers ain't trying to do that. We just want good housing, good schooling, good jobs, good neighborhoods, just like anybody else. That's it. It's not like an overtake. Um, but you get that. And so – so T, I mean, with with in in the time in the climate of baseball losing so many great black players, I mean the Tom Severs and of course notwithstanding, it uh, maybe this is their other look, taking another another look at it from that standpoint. Like you know, 
we need to reach back. We we lost some great black players. Maybe that's an angle that they're looking at in their camp when they decided that they wanted to pull this game from uh, from Georgia. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I said, I did not see this coming. When we talked, when when I was on another show last week, and we did basically like almost two hours on it, I thought for sure, no, they won't. But the fact that they did. Again, it speaks to it, but see, but and again, also like a, as I always say, say uh, the whole argument of sports and politics. If you know, stop it, stop it. It's been there for years. It's been for years. It was always, <laughs> it's all, it's always going to be there. Forever, like and, you and, said, and, even and, before we was born, it was there. And 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 if you're still sort of don't get it. That's a that's a you problem. That's a you problem. Yep. And you know, it's it's interesting that, you know you know, the NFL is still trying to recover from the Kaepernick thing because again, all of these things goes back to what Mike said. It's a it's 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 a moral issue. Now, again, I'm not trying to call you know, I'm not ready to call uh, Rob Manfred Rob Rob uh, Rob, uh, Rob X or Doctor Rob Manfred <laughs> King, you know, or, or Marcus or Marcus or, or, Mar- or Marcus Manfred or Marcus Manfred, Manfred, right? Or, or whatever. No, let's, 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 let's just. You better not call him Marcus Manfred. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sounds like a rap artist, to be honest with you. But that's a whole other story. But no, no, no. All the all the perfunct, you know, uh, no, forgive me. All the perfunctory bullshit needs to be put to the side here. At the end of the day, they made a moral issue. They they made a moral move here. Call people right. weren't yeah, people weren't expecting it. They were expecting Major League Baseball to do what it's always done, and you know they can't back. You know they can't very easily and see. I. The one thing that I mentioned when I talked about this last week was if they're going to do it, they're going to have to do it soon because of the timing, because of you know, it's in July and you have to do all the preparing and everything else. So this was not – so let's be honest. This was not done in a vacuum. It's not like it, – it's, it's not like, uh, it's, it's not like uh, Dr. Martin Luther Manfred woke up one morning and said, we're going to pull the game out of Atlanta. <laughs> This is something right. that's been talked about for quite a while. And I see, I think people have just thought that this was just to see Biden said it last week and then a week later. But see, again, the story, the, the end of the Major League Baseball Players Association, this story moved about three weeks ago and it got absolutely no pub because, again, that's the kind of stuff that goes on in these news cycles. You know, right. when you when you when you put it this way when you see another person of a government of of that same government being arrested for you know trying to take a stand if 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 you don't if if you don't get anything out of that and I will say it again you are incredibly naive if you don't think that the history, just the recent history 
and the past history is 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 not is going on here. Yeah, People, you know, and look, look, look and, and again, whether you are whether you are a voter or or not a voter, our ancestors died because of this. And to be quite honest, I don't have to, you know, if if I have to justify somebody's death strictly because of a boycott, then, you know, something, something, you know, something, something, something's up. And we all know with this that there are other, you know, everyone keeps, you know, harping on the ID. And that's just a part of it. That's not the whole thing. But, again, if we're going to play talking points, so to speak, everyone wants to just talk about the ID. And, again, this is where you have to go back with the history because back, back in the day during all of this when it was ID, there was other things going on with this. It's just that it's more sophisticated now. That's all. It's the same right. rhetoric. It's the same, it's, but, it's, but it's done. But, see, they're corporate bubbles now as opposed to just regular bubbles. That's yeah, it. and, that's you know. It's, it's, that's, it, the only, that's the only difference. Now, what's interesting is they're still going to honor Hank Aaron. So I think we already know where it's going. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, it's going to uh, it's going to, it's going to Milwaukee. It's right, going to right. Milwaukee. You you would think that that's where is it? I mean, it it makes a lot of sense. Uh, there you got the Hank, not only Hank uh, T, but you got your you got a former commissioner there that was good friends with him that was there and owned the team there and uh, and all of that stuff too and and Bud Philly so and that. Who, it, and who, and who and who and who hired Manfred and you know you know you know it's it's put it this way I think this is all to be to be quite honest with you I you know in in sitting back and thinking about how this has played out this is a Bud Selig move this is far from a Rob Manfred move this is a Bud Selig move. And and by the way, too, I got an email from someone that said it doesn't help that Stacey Abrams is, is uh, basically told baseball and others to boycott, to stand down because it'll hurt uh, the economy in Georgia and black businesses. Mike Patton, that is a controversy in itself. Um, but I wonder, and I'll start with you, Mike, I wonder... Because T said it started with you know Tony Clark, who's the you know the players' uh, rep, the uh, the leader, president. Uh, I wonder how much of a voice the very few, right, uh, of black ball players in the brown. I mean, just to to keep it one hundred, that you know that are are English influent, if you will, uh, the uh, that decided listen. They were ahead of this thing. They saw it coming, and they said, "Listen, baseball, you need to do this, or else." I wonder, you know, how many Chris Pauls in baseball, Mike, that said, "You better get on this, or we're gonna come out and speak out on that." I'm not again taking like to Tony's point. I, I don't really care why they did it. If they're boycotting it for a just cause, it is what it is. But I'm wondering, Mike, if there are a lot of 
those, you know, type of players and reps that are black and brown in baseball that said, no, we're not playing baseball there. And maybe if Trey Young will uh, speak up or, or, you know, Julio Jones will speak up in Atlanta, where, where this will go, Mike Pat. Honestly, uh, I wonder how many black or or brown baseball players said anything uh, as well. You know, one person that I wish was still in the in Major League Baseball uh, is Adam Jones. I would yes. love to hear what he had to say at this point right now. Yeah, but yeah. fortunately, he's not in the league. But yeah, definitely, uh, he would be the one that would be leading the charge. I would say, but you know, unfortunately, well, well, it is well, what you know, it is. He's not in the league. Well, you, well, you know, Mike. Uh, the player alliance is very heavily influenced by a lot of the former players, CC Sabathia, Curtis Granderson, and I believe Adam Jones is 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 a part of that as 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 well. And all of them, oh, okay. they were not, yeah, and all of them were not only leaders, you know, in their respective clubhouses, but they 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 um they're 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 looked upon as mentors. From the very from um, you know from the few uh, black players that are still around, it it you know it sounds like it was a collective. It sound and and I and I think they went and I think at some point they probably went to Seelig and said, "What would you do here?" And I think he thought and I think he probably used his influence as 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 you know he's always said you know whether you like him or not. Hank Aaron has always been his guy, and and the fact that Hank, you know, I think that's the one person I would love to have heard who have heard of who would who would have thought about this, because Definitely. you can't get more you can't get more Atlanta than Hank than than uh, than Henry Aaron. That's so right. it's 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 a it's you know again and again and, and I don't and I don't want to poo poo the whole thing, but. There's 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 a there's a lot of things going on here in the sense where I applaud baseball in the one minute, but then there's but but I cannot help think that there's some other moving parts here as well. So it's it's again big picture. I'm glad that they did it, and I think maybe. Who knows? Maybe some of these other, you know, I don't know what other um, major sporting events that are coming up into Atlanta. But see, again, if we go with the history, you know, we saw the NCAA pull out of the state of North Carolina because of the bathroom issue. Right. So, and that's something again, that we talked again, about before you guys have gotten and, on about. And, 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 and see, that's the thing. That's, see, that's why I say you have to, you know, got to know your history. All I'm saying. Gotta know your history. But there, and, and I think too, though. Um, and again, Mike, I had you on for something else, and you know how the show goes; this kind of flows. I, I think though, those who are proponents, those proponents, or those who want to look for a reason to, you know, adopt this law, will say, well, the. Carolina thing where they pulled out um, because of the the bathroom 
d- debating issue was a civil rights of those who are transgender or whatever the case may be. So then why is this not the same if it's a, a right to vote, Mike? And, and, and again, I just want to, and, and before you answer, uh, I want to read, want to read that they, they, you know, the odious is designed to make it harder for Georgians to vote and register and easier for, I'll call them fringe groups, to challenge the registration. And, and as a matter of fact, just like in Florida, like I said, Bush Gore, it criminalizes the line warming. It, it offers the, 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 the fact that if you have a criminal record, um, you can't vote. And if you, if L.A. Bachelor committed a crime, a felony crime even, 20 years ago, and gets out, you're going to tell me that I can't, I'm not, I already paid my 20 years, that I, Mike Patton, I can't go and register. Now I'm a part of society. If I can go out and get a job, I can go out and do this, but I can't <clears> vote, <throat> and I'm paying taxes in certain cities. It just doesn't make a, a lot of sense. I saw it in Florida when I lived there. It, it goes on in all states. Um, so, you know, what, what say you about that? The fact that, you know, and then the other part of it is, Mike, if you can answer, I'm sure some of these, these guys, these Ronnie Gantz and guys over the years in Atlanta have lived there. So if you live there, you want to improve your neighborhood. Your kids are going to school there and this and that. There, there's a, a, a segment of that that has to do with, the environment that you live in, if you're in, in living there, even if it's half a year, then certainly you want your voice to be heard. And certainly if you're black, you want your voice to be heard and these type of uh, controversies. I mean, you know, it, you would love for more black people to step up and say things, uh, especially former black athletes, like, uh, you know, let's see uh, David justice, Fred McGriff, uh, Ryan Gant, let's see, who else can we think of that was there? That's all I got for right now. But anyway, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Otis Nixon. But, uh, you know, you would think of all those players potentially stepping up and saying, hey, it's the right thing to move it or having a voice there and trying to make their neighborhoods better or anything like that. But, you know, I hate it, but, you know, a lot of them are, are doing other things in life and probably far away from Atlanta at this point, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I think David Justice still has a house there, if I'm not mistaken, T. Um, yeah. But Mike has a great point because, you know, if Bill Russell took issue with the fact that he couldn't live in Boston, but he could play in Boston, right? And he spoke up about it. That Mike talked about, you know, the Jim Browns, the Kareem's, the, the Russells going that thing. Then I would wonder, again, we're speculating, I don't know, if those situations happen in Georgia, we've seen the two cops, the redneck cop and his son kill the guy for jogging. I mean, those things are still going on. If you go through Georgia, the Confederate flag's right there. Welcome to Georgia, big old Confederate flag thing. So those things are going on. So I'm wondering, T, if if, if there is an, an element of this where guys didn't speak out uh, because we digressed from the black players in particular in Atlanta uh, that those things went on and nobody said anything. And now it's, it's bubbling to the surface with this voter suppression issue. 
I don't know if this answers the question, but I'm going to relate a story to you, both of you guys. Uh, I interviewed a former New York Knick and uh, University of Pittsburgh standout uh, Charles Smith a few years back. This is going back about 15, 20 years. Now, if you all remember, he began his career with the L.A. Clippers. You know, he, Gary Grant, Ron Harper were all rookies on on, on that Clipper team. And, you know, we were talking, we were talking, and it was around about the time of, I want to say maybe around about the time of of a little lap, not too long after the whole Rodney King thing. And he related a story to me where he, Harper, and Gary Grant, would routinely be late for practice. And, you know, they would just, you know, they would, you know, they basically would, you know, they would get, they'd get fined or whatever. They get like a hundred bucks a fine or whatever. And um, come to find out that these three players were routinely getting stopped by the L.A. police. They were black men driving nice cars. And they got routinely stopped by the police. But they never said anything. They did, he said they didn't want to rock the boat. They didn't want, you know, to be, quote, unquote, called that guy, for lack of a better word. Now, that's Los Angeles. That's Los Angeles. And, again, I go back to the history. I will, I'll, I'll beat the history thing Till I'm black, blue in the face because, you know, history repeats itself. And if they're doing stuff like that in Los Angeles, you know what's going on in some of these other states. Now, I know there's going to be people who say, well, what does that have to do with this? That's everything to do with it because in the situation where these other uprisings came up, these people were looked upon as human beings. It goes back to what Mike said. There's still a lot of folks that look at our oppression or history of oppression as you're supposed to go through that. Get over it. Get over it. You know, you're supposed to go through that. You know, and whenever something like this comes up and someone literally and figuratively puts it in their face in regards to this, they've got a problem with it. And then all Shut of up sudden, and dribble. And, 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 well, it's, it's beyond all of that. It's beyond all of that because it's to see, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. JFK never wanted to march on Washington. L, uh, um, FDR did anything and everything he could to avoid civil rights. Ironically, it was one of the most it, it was um, Harry Truman who came from in the, you know Independence, Kansas, and you know you can't get more rednecky-in than that. And I, I don't think I have to call Mr. Uh, Webster about that new about that new word now, rednecky-in, but that's a whole other story. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. but 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 see, my my thing is when Harry Truman ran and beat Thomas Dewey, you have to remember that there was a faction of uh, Democrats who were later known as the Dixiecrats uh, because uh, Harry S. Truman ran on a civil rights platform 
back in you know when he when he ran um, for the presidency after taking over after uh, FDR passed away. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a fact again a faction of the Democratic Party, and they called themselves the Dixiecrats. And oh by the way, they nominated a guy by the name of Strom Thurmond as their presidential candidate. Mm. But I say all this, and again, if you don't want to believe me, please find that's fine. Look it up. Um, the thing is, and I think I can speak for all three of us. Tired of defending myself. Right. Tired of defending myself. Tired of defending myself. When I see something and it's been consistent over the years and it's been the same thing over the years and we still have to justify it, we still have to explain ourselves, no, no, no. No. Yeah. When I was younger, when I was younger and a little bit more naive, I would allow, I would let people understand where I was coming from as a black man in this country. And then I saw uh, Diallo and Sean Bell and Rodney King and so on and so on and so on. And here we are, 2021, and it's the George Floyd trial. Not the Derek Goffin trial. Not the lack that not 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 the trial of Breonna Taylor that still hasn't happened, by the way. Um, so to to your point, um, and you know, it, you know, Mike LBJ tried civil rights, voting rights, and and to Tony's point, the Dixiecrats they weren't on board, and and all of that. I, I wonder, um, and, and let me just. I just got an email from someone who said, you know, they've never experienced a black woman from Trinidad, by the way. Um, And that's a whole different kind of discussion in terms of, um, you know, colonialism. And I mean, I can't get into right now, Um, but said, you know, um, all lives matter. (laughs) So, uh, and, and Mike, let me Uh let Mike respond real quick. That all lives matter, and I while Tony was uh, I'm multitasking while Tony's uh, talking. I'm listening. I'm hitting her back and and finish hitting her back. Is that yeah? I mean, you want to don't get caught up with the all lives matter because that's Captain Obvious. Of course, all lives matter. That goes back to you and Tony saying about humanity. Of course, all lives freaking matter. The point is that all lives are not being. <clears throat> Um, uh, you know, followed in the car because of the color of the skin or walking down the street because of the color of the skin. All lives ain't dealing with that. And and that's a whole different discussion we can get into, a roundtable, whatever. And you can comment on that too, Mike. But I wonder, just to go back to what Tony said in terms of, uh, uh, you know, Charles Smith uh, uh, played UB, played the Knicks and all that kind of stuff, the Clippers and stuff. And and what he said, they didn't want to ruffle the feathers. They didn't want to make any waves, and that was the climate then. Do we look back, Mike, at that situation and go, well, if they did, I'm just playing advocate in here. If if they had ruffled the feathers back then, in terms of speaking out, 
maybe we don't have in terms of the sports speaking out angle or lack thereof in today's climate because it's a climate thing. It's a climate thing. You the on the it's a it's a, a, a just like sports and 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 that analogy. What side are you on? You on the side of the right side or the wrong side? You on one side of the field, or the other side? Where you you stand? If they weren't going to speak out back then in the nineties, and here we are now in two thousand twenty one, is that detrimental to where we are now? I don't think it's necessarily detrimental. Um, you know. Different people have different reactions and different ways they handle things, and it's the same is true uh, in this world today. Uh, you have some people that uh, are outspoken and are not going to take it, and you have other people that are going to handle it a different way and maybe take a business approach, maybe take a different avenue. may still have the same feelings, but just take it or, or try to figure things out a different way. Um, and, and the same can be said for back then as well. I, I can't, you know, as you can say, those few different players, but you also have other players that probably attack things in a different avenue in a different way as well. So that that's you know that's all I can say in terms of that one. That's you know different people are going to approach things different way and have different ways of handling things. And that's you know been the, the way it's been over you know time. But I mean, but just what do you think uh, about again um, athletes in in general? Um, moving forward, let's say from Jim Brown, Kareem, in those early ages, uh, times, they're going to, they, unfortunately, or fortunately, they have to make calculated decisions on how they're going to speak out. Uh, we've, we've been critical of Michael Jordan. I know, I know T and I have been very critical about, you know, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but they make calculated decisions based on their career. So, um, what do you think is is that a fair thing for us to understand from them? And then what do you think, Mike, about what the, the Trini, the lady from Trinidad, said that all lives matter is not about just Black lives matter, is about all lives matter? Well, uh, first let me address what the, the Trini lady said. Um, you know, that you're telling us something we already know. Um, you know, and, and one thing I could tell her is uh, maybe speak to a few people in your neighborhood, a few black people in your neighborhood, a few people maybe outside of your neighborhood. And I'm pretty sure you can talk to about, you can run into about five black people that can give you an experience of when they've experienced racism or prejudice or anything mm. of that nature. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that maybe could maybe broaden, you know, the All Lives Matter thought because we know All Lives Matter, but. Um, that's not what Black Lives Matter is is saying that all lives don't matter. It, but you know, I, honestly, I'm, I'm I'm quite tired of trying to explain that to people. And right. you know, it, it just it, at a certain point you're either gonna get it or you don't. And unfortunately, um, some people that don't get it that look like us, uh, unfortunately, have to experience things and then they end up getting it. I hate that this happens, but unfortunately, it has happened a few times. Um, That's right. And what was the as far as the athletes in terms of making those calculated decisions, in terms of should they, you know, um, if 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 we're talking about humanity and doing the right thing, again, this is a conversation mm-hmm. the three of us and others have had, like with athletes. But Barkley, who I think is a clown, 
I liked on the field with Philly, but is a clown and said, you know what, this is, he said, and I'm paraphrasing both to both of you. He said, oh, this is just, cor- right. This is corporate just what? trying to divide the country and all this other stuff. But, you know, again, just like Joe Manchin, who is a Democrat by a D on his, if people know who he is, West Virginia, Barkley might be black, but he's certainly conservative and he's certainly off on the other side. Um, but what what about that? The, the calculated decision to speak up, or you know, I I, I can't be losing no money. <clears throat> Ultimately, uh, you know, it comes down to what is uh, within your heart. What do you feel is more important? Um, do you feel the money in your pocket is more important, or do you feel your your, your moral obligation is to different things are important, or your pride is more important? Um, you know, some athletes feel that that's more important. Some athletes don't feel that's important. Some athletes feel like in this point in time, it's not the, the right risk for me to take. Others feel like, eh, well, maybe it is. Um, it just, I guess it comes down to uh, essentially, you know, unfortunately, some people it comes down to how much do you have to lose or how much mm. do you have to gain. It's, you know, that's the sad reality of it. And, you know, listening to Charles Barkley talk about that, I'm like, Charles, um, you know, <laughs> some things I understand you want to talk on, but Boy, oh, boy, you know, there's a bullseye on the broad side of a barn. You completely missed it. You, like, hit wide right. Yeah, so and, you know. But, he, but, but, but he and, deliberately misses it, guys. So let's, 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 let's be. Let's oh, he be, does. Oh, we know. About this. And see. Because, be but, but T, let me, can I just ask you, can I just throw this in to you, T? Because you know where we grew up in. And Barkley grew up in the same type of environment. So he has no excuse. Don't tell me that there was no sisters there you couldn't marry. Don't tell me you feel that way and all that kind of bullshit because that's what it is. It's absolute bullshit on what he tries to portray. Well, no, you have to remember him, Jason Whitlock, um, uh, Juan Williams from Fox, you know, all, all of these folks, they're there, you know, they're there because they, you know, they're there, you know, to, to, Put up a look. I'll just come right out and say it. The house nigga principle has been there for years. It's always uh, there's never there's ne- you know the house nigga job will always be full because there's always going to be somebody that's willing to uh, do it. Always, whether it be on a sports angle, whether it be on a, a political angle, whether it be on an entertainment angle, or 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 or, or what have you. But see, also, and again, I know, forgive me, but see, again, you have to look at your history. Joe Lewis was perfect for his era. Jackie Robinson was perfect for his era. Jim Brown, even though he wasn't liked, perfect for his era. Ali was perfect for his era. You know, Jordan was perfect for his era. Ken Griffey Jr. was perfect for his era. But see, here's the one common thread amongst all of them. At some point, you know, he needs to just stop. He needs to lay it off. He needs to um, he needs to give that up. He needs to stop talking about that. He needs to be, you know, whatever. Now, we have yet to see anybody other than us say, you know, Jason Whitlock should shut the hell up, or Juan Williams should shut the hell up, or Don Lemon should shut the hell up, because they're put there for a reason. 
And see, once you realize what the agenda is, then you realize why things, you know, play the way it is. Because, look, when I hear, and you can take this for whatever you want, when I hear someone basically saying all lives matter, it's basically, you're basically proving the point because, yes, Captain Obvious, all lives matter. Right. But unfortunately, but unfortunately, there are those who run things who don't think that our lives matter. And, if, and the fact that we still have to explain that amongst other black folks is incredibly tiring. It's incredibly tiring. Let me ask you this. As a a writer and a a publisher and editor, and Mike, as the same in in terms of writer, uh, is it the responsibility of us to, you know, Democrats and Republicans, when the the president does their State of the Union, the other side has a – um, you know, um, a counter, a counter, right? A rebut. Do we need to rebut Charles Barkley when he says some dumb shit like that? Do we need as 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 responsible? The the two of you are better, obviously writers, uh, than me. Uh, do we need to be in that realm, guys, to make sure? Final question: to, to make sure we rebut so we get the truth out. I understand that we know the truth. I understand that we tired of telling as a black man. But as journalists, as you guys are writers, do we need to rebut not only the Charles Barclays, but some of these the 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 lady from Trinidad that said that all lives matter? Like we need to correct that shit. Do we need to keep doing that? Um, <laughs> I'll respond if you want me to. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think uh, yes, 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 and yes, and yes. But see, but see again, the thing is, I think we respond with what we do. Because see, look, what's the old Ice Cube line? They'll come up with a new nigga next year. You know, when Barkley's yeah. done, they'll find another one. When Whitlock is done, they'll find another one. So, yeah, we need to, because, see, someone much smarter than me has always said <clears throat> we need to tell our own stories. If Bugs Bunny had a gun, Elmer Fudd would probably be a, a, a dentist with a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for lighting it up right there. That was that was on point there, T. That was on point. Uh, I mean, Mike, really. I mean, you guys are writers. Like you, you blogging and writing and and putting this stuff out there. And you, you and and T always says, look, as long as it's factual, and he'll do the cleaning up and the editing part. And make sure you got your facts right. Then it's right. So if 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 Mike, if you putting it out there and you see something like that from Barkley, do you need to stop and go? No, hold up. This dude, he don't know what the hell he's talking about, and here's why. Do we need to always continue to do that to get the the narrative, the true narrative out there to the masses? I'll say this. I'm going to continue to spread my message and continue to say what I have to say. But, you know, and, and there comes a certain time and place where, you know, you have to value your energy. 
There you go. And valuing your energy is not giving it to people and not raising your blood pressure for people that don't care about you, are going to continue to disrespect you, continue to talk crazy about you, and continue to say crazy stuff just to get a rise out of people. Um, mm. I'll give you a prime example. Uh, you know, somebody I think that, that says a lot of things, uh, honestly, I wonder if she believes them herself. Her name is Candace Owens. She actually <laughs> moved. She actually, she actually just moved to, to Nashville, actually. So she's actually got a show coming on, and she lives here in Nashville, which uh, her and Tommy Lauren both live in this area now. Which, mm. ugh, that's another story for another day. And I, I really yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah. but basically, yeah, you know, it just, it, you know, I'm not, there comes a certain point in time where I just tune them out. I, I, you know, and, and you can tell people and continue to tell people, but until people see the change that they want to see, that they, that until people want to change within themselves, they're going to continue to listen and listen and talk about things until they're blue in the face. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. just an unfortunate reality that a lot of people uh, will listen to you just to get a response out of you as opposed to just to get a, just to respond. I'm sorry. As opposed to listening to understand. There's a lot of people that don't listen to understand. They listen to go back at you like it's a rap battle or something. But, you know, I, I will say this too, guys, just in closing, that you, you whoever, you know, whatever, I, I'm to put politics aside, you're a Sixer fan, you're a diehard, you don't want to hear, I don't care what the Knicks say or the Sixers wear. I, I mean, the, the Celtics, I'm a Sixer fan, I don't care what you do. So you're going to get that element. If you're a left or right you're going to believe what you believe. You're going to follow what you believe, whether it's MSNBC or, or Fox, from that, that standpoint. I I guess, and Mike, you're a little older than that group that says, you know what, you ain't going to call me. I mean, you. I'm sure you say it, but I mean, that, that younger group, uh, even younger than you, that's like, you ain't going to call me no nigger because here, here's what's going to happen. We're we going to throw down. We're going to we gonna do what we're going to do. So I, I guess there is a element that the final question to you guys, there's an element of that, that some people need to be fed. The young people get it, but they, some people need to be fed of what's really going on. And that's where my concern is, is that we want to, we certainly want to make sure uh, that's there. And certainly people need to do their own research T-Mac talks about it all the time. You got Google, whatever. Um, but there's an element, T, that you want to make sure that people – it's the reason why everybody's got, like, a blog and a website and everything. A BSN newsrooms is going to put the real facts out there. They're going to put it out there. But then you got to grab the people, not literally, but you got to tell the people, hey, you want the truth about what's going on, you need to go – to BASN newsroom, and here's why, and this is what's going on. Is is that an element that we need to consistently push, Tony, uh, from that standpoint? You can't feed them if they don't want to eat. Mm. Amen. That's, I, that's about that's about that's about all I can really say because I think. Unfortunately, there are a segment of folks, black, white, Latino, what have you, they wallow in their ignorance. 
Right. And they're dangerous. And they're, and they're dangerous as hell because in some instances they are the future. And we can, you know, like I said, when I was younger and a little bit less, you know, a little bit more naive, not so much naive, but just a little bit more uh, ambitious, you know, you would try to let folks understand where you're coming from. But there's just going to be some folks that are just going to wallow in their, um, in their wickedness. And yeah. like Mike, like like Mike said, I you know, I got some Nick playoff games to watch. I I, I got I, I got no time for that. I have no time. I got no time for for folks that just don't want to. If you, I think in a, you know, I think in some instances, some people have to you know, let that reality dog bite them in the ass once, and then maybe then they'll get. It. But no, right. my, my my days, my days <clears throat> of teaching are getting very very few and far between. I'm with you, and 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 to Mike to to that point, the the final part of that is that, again, I'm not picking on this lady from Trinidad or all lives, but you know, it I, I think the concern is that, don't I mean be conscious like. Why would you throw yourself into the, you know, yeah, obviously she, she talked about, I didn't give you the whole conversation guys. She was like, you know, uh, she's black and another black lady was like, no, you know, all, you know, black lives matter. She's like, no, all lives matter. Here's why. And, the, and I agree with the black nurse that said, Hey, no black lives matter, Mike. And here's why, you know, because it's captain obvious, obviously all lives matter. But she, the, the lady, was like buying into this talking point thing, and that's the that's the concern. And and I get what you guys are saying. Like you got to kind of get it. You on, and that's what I've been saying. Like you either on the left or the right. I don't mean it politically. I mean like you a Steelers or a Patriots fan. You on one side of the the the, the aisle. Like you you can't be on both. You on one side or the other side. And so if they don't get it, it's it's disturbing, Mike. And so to the lady who said that all lives matter, here's why. She and the person of color, she clearly can't get it. So I, I, that's the concern is that like these people just buy into the talking point stuff and not do the research and understand what really is going on, Mike. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and and you know, just to uh, I guess kind of bring this to the to the younger generation, uh, you got so many people that are more concerned and more interested in watching Paul Pierce's live uh, IG live Thank you. than uh, actually Thank learning you. something. Thank you. Know, you. By the way, he got. By the way, he did get fired today by ESPN. <laughs> well, he should have. But, but yeah, well. yeah, you know, but, but the one time you can only the one time you can say somebody didn't get fired for showing their behind. Somebody else's behind showed showed them the door. Well, it, it, again, on that note, guys. I mean, again, folks. I mean, if you black, I mean, really, I, I'm, nobody's LA, asking LA, you to LA, be good. LA, good. Good. We can't. We can't save everybody, bro. You're right. You're right. Well, we can't save and you've been even, saying. Even and you've been saying everybody. that. Yeah, yeah, really. You've really. been. 
and T, you've been saying that, and I and I, I'm agree with you. That the, the the point of bringing that up was the fact that she is misguided, and she is buying into some some pork rinds that she saw on the side of the road, and you know, like what the deal? Mm-hmm. Like what? You're like well, you, well, you're well, a grown well, person. Well, hey, hey, hey. Uh, hope. Hopefully she's got some uh, gas station sushi to go with it, or some barbecue Ooh. sauce or something. Because I like some barbecue sauce yeah. on mine, but I and, mean, and a, and a no. tough stomach with all that combination. Yeah, really, yeah. really, really, <laughs> really, really. She's gonna have her I mean, own. Mike, Mike, Mike. She's gonna have her own all-star game going on in that stomach, as far as I'm concerned. Now, that's right, and I game, think man. It's I some think and, and some blows going on in there. And listen, the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is that, in all honesty, uh, and Mike, you know, you have uh, uh, kids, I have teenage kids, and at the end of the day, like, if they are more responsible than this lady doing the All Lives Matter, something's wrong. Like, you, if you're a grown-up, it, you know, kids get a pass, because they just gonna be kids, but... You're growing up and you following stuff and you're not following it up. You know, again, to the both of what you said, like, uh, enough already. I can't save, Jesus couldn't save Judas. So, I mean, you know, whatever. So, I mean, it it, 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 it is what it is in terms of that. But uh, we'll see what happens. And, and listen, guys, I, I really appreciate um, you guys staying on as long as you have and what you've done and what you've said. Uh, Mike and uh, before Tony, Mike, before you go, let people know how to follow you and 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 look at your great writing, sir. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at MikePatton82. Uh, you can find me at uh, National Voice. You can find me at Tennessee Tribune, especially this week because I think I'm getting in print this week. But uh, you know, you can definitely find me there, uh, SportsWagon.com. Uh, that's actually going to be a little changes going there, but yeah, you can find me pretty much Mike Pat Eighty Two on Twitter. Everything I do, it's going to be there. Hey, hey Mike, do Mike, a, Mike, do us all a favor and say "Hey, girl" to uh, Candace, will you? Oh no, <laughs> no, <laughs> oh no, no, no. What Mike no. needs to say? No, no. What? Listen, T. What Mike needs to say? Hey. I'm Mike Patton, and I got 28 jobs. That's what he needed to say. I got 28 jobs. Oh, my God. I didn't even mention my show. All over I forgot to mention my show. Exactly. Mention your <laughs> show. You didn't even mention that. Mention your show, sir. Yeah, uh, uh, touring the AFC South. I think this week we're going to talk about who's the biggest, what what biggest uh, free agent mistakes uh, teams made. So I think we're going to talk about that when I'm going to call my guy uh, Chris Lewis, who's a uh, our uh, resident Colts fan. I'm gonna call in and uh, see what we can do. Well, you know, uh, you got Bud Dupree, so that's your biggest move. Uh, I told you, as a Steelers fan, that I'm not happy with that, but it is what it is. It, it Steelers do do stupid things and look for six wins next year, but that's a whole other thing. T, before you they go, please do. Before you, that's our cap. Hey, did I know, all, right? Hey, uh, Speaking of Steelers, did Ben have the baby yet? With with uh, who are you talking about? Did Ben Roethlisberger did he have his baby yet? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he did, yeah. He's got like 18 kids now, I think, or something like that. 19 well, no, I'm talking about his kids. Like. I mean, no, I'm talking about him. He, you know, he, did he start the season at 300 and then at 350? Oh, I did. Well, you know, it, you know, Ben is 50 and he, uh, he should have, I'm being facetious, he should have retired a long time ago. I've been calling for him for five years. So, five years. I've been saying. He needs to go for five years, Steeler fans. Five years he should have been gone, and he's still there. How five many, years. How many years, years again? All right. And Yankee fans. Uh, but anyway, I just threw that in there. I had to throw some Yankee stuff in there, you know. But you know, anyway, I had to throw it in there, T. You know, I, you know, I'm but I'm that uh, outside New York Yankee fan that, that oh, is realistic. Lying? Are you, really? Are you, yes. Are you, yes, are you I am. Yes, I. Yes, I am. I absolutely. I absolutely am. I absolutely am. They have. Mike, Mike, they have Mike, no Mike, pitching. Mike, they will. Mike, Mike, they they will. Mm-mm. Mike, take this nope. guy off my hands, please. I'm. 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 Toronto. Toronto and Tampa. Toronto and Tampa will finish above the Yankees. I don't care about the Red Sox because they stink at this point. Toronto and Tampa will finish above the Yankees. The Yankees have zero pitching to get to the playoffs again. They stink. So, anyway. Um, uh, uh, you, well, you got a Yankees fan. You got a Yankees fan helping the uh, helping the uh, the rival now too. So, you know, and owning the rival. So, that that makes yawn. it feel any better. Yawn, <laughs> yawn, yawn. Yawn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least we at least we're not dealing with COVID uh, with our opponents. Oh God, whoa! I mean, was that the Mets and uh, okay? Anyway, uh, hey, if, so if the if the if the, if the, if the <laughs> got it, and I guess the Braves are going to be next. I guess the Braves are going to be next because that's who they're playing next. Exactly, I was saying, but you guys, you might have it, you know, spread it to the rest of the uh, National League East and anyway. Oh man, that's but, that, uh, that, that, that's going to be that's going to be a, they're going to be dancing that dance all all all, all during the season. Well, we talked about that too, T. How they going to handle it, and they kind of went full fledged, and we'll see what happens a, with that. But. They had a full they had a full house in Arlington today. A full house I saw in that. Arlington. Oof. So so. So, 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 so what's real COVID up in there? Put it this way, Toronto ain't never playing. Toronto ain't playing another game in Toronto this year at all. I don't think Toronto's ever going to get to Toronto this year. Nope. That is insane, dude. That's that's like astounding. Like they won't play eighty-one games. If it, I mean, if they were playing at full schedule, I mean, to, to be able to play at home, that's 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 really rough. That's really rough for Toronto. And that's good for the Yankees, but anyway, um, you know, we'll see what happens. T, before you go, uh, please do let people know how they can look at the website, sir. Oh, it's uh, www.basnnewsroom.com. We're on Facebook at at Still the Soul of Sports, and they even allow us to be on uh, Instagram, uh, BASN underscore newsroom. Good stuff between uh, Tony T. Matt well, we McLean and Mike hey, Patton. I'm just, 
I, I'm just I'm just glad I'm just glad Mike's not grabbing um not not grabbing what what few things we have left. So I'm I'm just trying to just you know just trying to just balance it <laughs> no, out. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm happy you, about that too. Because coming this week, so uh, there you go. Too, like, there you so there you go. There you go. There you well, go. Right, look, I saw it. All right, can we can we can we be released so we can watch the national championship game, please? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> enjoy the national championship game and go Yankees and Steelers. If you missed any part of the broadcast, go to our website, the Vassar News Radio Network dot com. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Take care, guys. All right, All right take care. See you.